The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home Of that song. That looked very much like a Nazi salute there. You've oh, got to be damn it. Joel Domit, you've got to be so careful pumping the air like that because someone is gonna clip that, turn that into a gif, that's oh. your career over literally minutes after it started. My I'll friends. be honest. I thought it was GIF, not GIF. Well, this is, uh, we like to educate, it's GIF. Uh, this, well, it's controversy, it's controversy, or controversy. Controversy. <laughs> <laughs> um, a pa- a, a, I, I believe, and I will fight to the death, is GIF. It's GIF, but then, then, then you change it to the Sif. whole thing of SIF and GIF, <laughs> that whole thing. You know, then it's confusing on a whole nother level. Are you, um, I don't know how aware you are of, of um, psychedelic music, but do, do you know the instrument, the uh, Moog synthesizer? I, d- I don't know, but I, c- I cannot wait to hear it. OK, well, absolute... it's, pr- it's pronounced Moog. Anyway. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. Uh, uh, the so, late night or Moogly or Mowgli? That's another <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Muttley, the dog. Oh. Uh, who Kids don't even know who Muttley is. Anyway, uh, this is the late night alternative on talk radio with me, Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is there. Word. And uh, another jungle loser. Uh, Joel Domit is in in the house, I believe. Yeah, we say in a, in a, in a, in the ends. For those who don't know, um, Joel is um, an author, a stand-up comedian, a television presenter, and you came second in the jungle. I did, yes. Um, the, last year, yes, um, yeah. The, yeah, the year before it really counted. Yeah. And <laughs> I suspect, like like me, 
Because um, I haven't been on telly for years and years and years, and apparently I, I was the most Googled contestant. And I suspect that you were the most Googled contestant in your year, because, you know, I, I mean this politely, most people wouldn't have heard of you. You were the kind of the, yeah. the, the, the dark horse, people going, well, who's this guy? How <laughs> did... Because you were, you were doing stand-up, obviously. Yeah, it was like, it was weird. It was like, I mean, it was... <laughs> could say i went into i'm a celebrity get me out of here and it wasn't until they got me out of there that i became a celebrity and um yeah so it was really it was a win-win situation for me because nobody knew me so if 10 extra people came to see me on tour then it was a win so so how did you what kind of venues were you were you playing doing by the way if you want to call in 0344 499 1000 we're not going to talk about the jungle we'll talk about joel's book you can talk about anything you know the score phone up and, and and do nonsense so what kind of venues were you playing before you went in so i went in uh, the, the week before i went in i did a uh, a tour date in newcastle yeah. and it was very um sort of poorly populated yeah. and um it's a very small venue anyway and there was probably 40 people there. Wow. Bear in mind, I'd driven all the way there. Yeah. probably took me seven hours. How, how all much the way did back. you get for that? Couldn't afford a, a hotel. Yeah. Uh, so I had to drive all the way back that night. And um, next week, I'm about to do Newcastle, Newcastle Theatre Royal, I think it is. And that's like a 2000 centre. And it's In almost sold out. In the space of a year. Well, you were telling me that when you came out... Um, your agent said, because uh, one of the first people one speaks to coming out is you speak to your agent. You, yeah, find, out, you find out exactly what the press have dug up. You speak to your agent, <laughs> you speak to your mother, speak to your lawyer. In that, that order. In that order, that's fine. Um, and um, your agent said, oh, by the way, we've, we've booked the Hammersmith Odeon. There's Hammersmith Polo, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, because you'll know, when you're in there, you have no idea no. Of, of how big an impact the show is. It's, it's so... You're so in your own little bubble, and you just you can't believe that people are still keeping you in week after yeah. week. And then you get out, and you still don't really understand it because mm. you're in Australia. And um, and then my agent called me, and he was like, "Oh, we've put a date on at the Hammersmith Apollo," and I I just I lost my mind. Wow. It was it was madness, and I just can't. Okay, yeah, it's, I did, still to this um, day. It's did mad. they get any dirt on you? Did they dig up any dirt? Because I know. Um... The press were sniffing around me to find out the state of my marriage. And they, um, you know, and I've, I've been in the press twice over the past 20 years. <laughs> you know, once because I had a stalker and once because years ago I gave my phone number to someone who I shouldn't have given my phone number to. Um, but they were, they doorstepped my wife. They doorstepped my mother-in-law. You know, they were really having a good old yeah, route around. Yeah, really, they're contacting people that, like, I haven't spoken to in yeah. so long. Like, old school friends that I don't really know, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, they dug up a, a real bit of dirt in the fact that um, that I was catfished online, and then I had a sort of an online sex tape released of no, myself. did yeah, you? It was big style, but like it was bad stuff. Oh no! Um, but um, but I I kind of knew that was going to happen. Right before I went in, it was like I felt like it was gonna it's gonna basically it was some some person online. We talked and oh, I genuinely didn't know was, this. I wasn't yeah. rooting around for anything, and it was but I was bad, and like we got to know each other, and I thought this is fine, and then um, we had Skype sex, yeah, which what I thought of Skype sex, and um, and uh, we we did, and I I trusted. She had a hundred thousand followers, so I immediately trusted of her. Course. That's what trust Num- is these big, days. Big guys. numbers Absolutely. means trust. And uh, we had, we had Skype sex, which apparently is is uh, not like sex at all. And uh, you did, you, you, they, they haven't invented the attachments yet, have they? It's <laughs> no. still it's still the good old fashioned way. It's really. And then uh, yeah, and then we, we I was wearing a beanie. 
Oh, and is that the I thing mean, you most who, regret? That's oh god. Where was the beanie? I mean, who wears a beanie when they don't? I mean, it's... but the thing is, you're no one if you've not had a sex tape leaked these days, are I've, you? I've 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 got loads of sex tapes, and no, no one wants to see them. No one's interested. <laughs> no one's interested. <laughs> Trying to sell them at car boot sales. <laughs> it's um, my garage full. So had that, and I genuinely didn't know that that was a thing. So yeah. had had that come out before you went in, or was it just kind of lurking around in the background? It was lurking around. I know, I I I knew it was gonna come out when yeah. I went in there because I obviously knew this was going to be a big show and I knew it existed yeah. but I hadn't seen it and then um, so I fairly cleverly were they trying um, to black was it money or something there, yeah right? money they were asking for money and then I decided not to pay it obviously they said the first they said <laughs> the funny thing they went they went, um, give us this money and we won't release the photo. Because I thought it was, the, at that point I thought it was a photo. Oh. And, um, and I just really laughed at it as if, like, they've got one photo as if they've gone to Snappy Snaps to get it developed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, no, of course not. And then, um, then they released a video online, which is way worse than I should have just paid them. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, they would have shown it anyway. I know, exactly. It's just horrible. It's, you know, my mum used to have a Google alert on my name. That was oh. taken ah. off. Swiftly off. It was horrible. It was it was horrible. But then I came out of the jungle, and um, to deal with it in a funny way, I I released a statement from the perspective of my my penis. And uh, oh, well done. And I thought that was really funny. Is so. it? Is there? Um, uh, we'll talk about the book. We won't just focus on your penis for the whole thing. But for the next <laughs> next forty minutes, let's clear the, the switchboard. Um, was there a sense of relief though when it knowing that it was it was the Skype out. sex? No. <laughs> Oh, my God. He splashed out on a new computer. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, guys. The old ones are the best. Because oh. I often think that, that with those things, that the, the, the knowledge that it exists is is worse than the actual yes. event. Particularly if it happens when you're in the jungle, when you are powerless over everything anyway. Totally. And that was that was the way I decided to deal with it. Before I went in, I was like, OK, the, uh, this is the only thing that can harm me, essentially. Yeah. I was like, OK... And obviously you don't have much control when you're in there. So I made a conscious decision to talk about it whilst I was in there. Right, that's interesting. And yeah. then... And, and I sort of let it come out organically within a conversation. And um, and so then if I had control over it. So I yeah, you said it. it again, so yeah. if the papers had found it, then they had nothing because yeah. I'd already talked about it. Yeah. So I... Um, and then wrote a show about it and wrote a tour show about it. And then it's um, so turned it into something instead of hiding away from it and it, other people having control of it. That's the thing, isn't it? With, with it, yeah, Embarrassing. I don't know if it is embarrassing now, but with things like that, you've kind of got to own it. You've got to go, yeah, yeah well, I did this and this is the reasons why. And, uh, you know, because then it takes the power out of it. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I'm a comedian. I can talk about it and make it funny, hopefully. And, uh, you know, if I was a teacher, then I would have lost my job. And it's, but I'm a comedian. Yeah. So I can talk about it, and then you know to, to sort of put it in a stupid way. I mean, it's like it now if it happens to anybody else, and someone thinks to themselves, "Well, maybe this isn't a real person." I saw Joel Domit talk about it live on stage. Maybe this isn't real. Then I've done my job, and yeah. I've, I've saved someone else the embarrassment of um, of you know touching themselves in a beanie. And you, <laughs> you can you can download the video of this from joeldomit.com for just five ninety nine. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, 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 you've got cash it. Put your headphones on. We've got a caller from Mexico, it says oh, on my screen. Oh, my lord. There's a little, if you follow the lead, there's a little volume if you need to up it or down it. Thanks, um, Graham, are you actually in Mexico? I am in Mexico, yes. Well, what, what are you doing over there, you idiot? I've been over here since 1990. Well, are you, are you, you know that they do flights back to England... 
I know, I come back I come back quite often. Okay, great. What have you called in yeah. for, Graham? Yeah, well, what it is, but I was listening to you talk about the Moog synthesizer, and you said it's not pronounced the Moog, it's the Moog. It's pronounced the Moog, yes. No, it isn't, because it's from Rob, Robert Moog. No, it's Robert Moog. No, it's Robert Moog, because <laughs> the phonetics for his name is M-O-U-G. What? The phonetics for his name yeah. is M-O-U-G. Yeah, so I... Moog. No, that's Moog. No, Moog is M-O-O-G, which is how it's spelt. Yeah, yeah, but phonetics for it is a U. Ooh, I Moog. Mean, I, I love the fact that we've been talking about a sex date for ten minutes and this is the thing you decided <laughs> to talk yeah, about. Exactly. Right, yeah, because I, I got into that kind of music all early in the 70s. Mm. You, well, you're into, you're into the wrong kind of music. Well, I'm not. Right, we're going to go to... I like Mook. We're going to... I like Mook and things like that. Ladies and gentlemen... I got into it. Shut up. I went... Shut up. uh... Hang on, hang on. Shut up, because we're going to play... Right, do you know... Oh, where are we first Jesus. came out? Yes. God, I watched it, because then you've got Walter Carlos, who Luke. worked with Robert Moog. 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 OK, here's the question, Graham. What was the first pop record to feature the Moog synthesizer? The Moog synthesizer? <laughs> no. Record, pop record. The first pop record to feature the Moog synthesizer. Was it... Uh, I'm trying to think of this name. Something in the Sky? What? Something in the Sky? In the sky, I think it was called, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was. Um, it was the. the it's mon- pronounced ski, actually. <laughs> uh- <laughs> it's the Monkeys album, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones from 1967. But never mind. Um, was he really? List- I've got. To- I've found a clip on YouTube, and it says yes. here Bob Moog on the proper pronunciation of his last name. Well, so are this you sure is it's not Burb. So this is stop. Stop it. <laughs> so this is actually the man himself. Okay. Well, well, the man himself, I've, I've, got, Graham, I've got a recording with somewhere. Yeah, I've got a recording. And he said, it's introduced as Robert Moog, and he, he even says his name is Moog. Right, well, we're going to, this is, let's see what he says. I've not seen this clip, it's only 50 seconds long. Do you think you can keep quiet for that long? I can do. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, there are three ways of pronouncing M-O-O-G. Here we go. It's originally a Dutch name. This goes back, you know, a thousand years or so. Uh, and in, in Holland, you would pronounce it moch. Oh, for crying. Now, that's a little bit too much. Moch. Moch. Hang on. Yeah. In Germany, uh, it's a fairly common name, and there it's pronounced moog. In Great Britain, English-speaking countries, uh, people see the double O and they say moog. How do you pronounce it, Bob? I just happen to like the sound of moog. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. He pronounces it moog, Graham. Here we go. <laughs> that was one of my favourite things I've ever been involved in. Well, stay tuned because that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Oh, good dear God. Oh, we'll take a quick break. 0344 499 is the telephone number. Joel Dom is here. He's got a book out, um, um, which we might talk about in a little bit. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. This is Talk Radio. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio on DAB, uh, on app, and of course online at talkradio.co.uk. You can watch us in our uh, studio if you go to periscope.tv slash Ian Lee. I'm Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is there. Hello. Joel Domit is there. And um, just uh, one of the joys of watching on Periscope is you get to see all the stuff that happens during the adverts. And 
literally just before the microphones went live, Joel uttered the sentence, and I, I really didn't want to shit my white skirt. Um, <laughs> yes. What was this? Is this is a show that you do um, with uh, Nish Kumar? Nish Kumar. Yeah. Now, because you explained the show to us slightly outside, and me and Kath are thinking, this is the easiest gig in the world. He just gets to go all around the world. Explaining it in here, suddenly it sounds quite unpleasant. So basically I go to all the fittest tribes in the world yes. in, and um, try and keep up with them for a week. Why would you and, want to do that? Well, you know, it's, it's a comedy set. It's all work, mate. Yeah. And then um, we... Uh, so we, we we went to Mexico. Well, the story I was saying during the break, I went to Mexico and I ran a 32-mile ultramarathon. And I had basically, to cut a long story short, terrible food poisoning, could not stop diarrheaing everywhere, <laughs> and then um, had to run 32 miles wow. in the ultra heat. In a white skirt? In a white skirt, because that was the traditional garb of the people. And so I was, and I, I, I wore this traditional thing because they were like, this is what you have to wear. I got to the start line, everyone was wearing jeans. Of course they were. Je- jeans? Jeans, exactly. And they were like 60 years old. And I was like, I'm going to beat these people. It's going to be absolutely fine. They're 60. Yeah, they're wearing yeah, jeans. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a white skirt. Yeah. And all, all I was focusing on was like, get to the final, co- get to the first corner without soiling myself. That was, <laughs> that was all I was concentrating on. It was 32 miles, but I was concentrating on the first 200 metres. And then um, I managed to get past the first 200 metres. And then I carried on going and I ran 32 miles. And I, and I thought I was going to beat these 60-year-old people in jeans. Yeah. Cut to like... I don't know, mile 10 or something. I was being lapped for like the third time by six year olds in June. Wow. They are absolutely the most insane people. But the heat does weird things to your muscles. I've tried playing like tennis in heat and it's, my arms wouldn't work. I mean, I'm absolutely. crap at sport anyway. I've tried but... having sex in a sauna. Very, very <laughs> similar thing. Doesn't work. Blame yeah, the heat. Have, have you really? You've lived. <laughs> You've seen things I can only begin to imagine. For me, um, uh, sex is um, in the bed. At the, at the very, very most, it's over the edge of the bed. But there's got to be a bed involved. There's people that do it in the kitchen. Oh. What do you mean, perverts? Oh, imagine doing it on the kitchen table where you make your kids dinner. What is that about? Yeah, it's probably before you have kids, though. That's probably I suppose so. I suppose so. So what is this show? What's it called? It's called Joel and Nish versus the World. And you're doing another series? Yeah, we're now going out again um, at the end of, I think, at the end of February. Um, what, uh, what, who are you... I'm, I'm saying this with disdain in my voice, because <laughs> the thought of... You, you, you look quite buff. Thank you. You're buff, so I'm guessing that you, you're kind of quite a physical person anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, I go to the gym as much as the no, as a normal person. Um, you mean a millennial? Um, yeah, maybe. They're not yes. our people. No. I'm sorry, guys. Because no. you're, you're still quite young, aren't you? I'm, well, I'm 32, so I'm, still, oh, okay. I'm on the edge. Okay. I'm on the edge of okay. buying a motorbike. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> that's us too. Have you got a motorbike? I'm so yeah. sorry. I turned 40 this year. Yeah, I bought one. <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. We didn't buy motorbikes. We bought scooters. <laughs> oh, okay. Motorbike <laughs> sounded cooler. We bought scooters. <laughs> so you're so you're physically up for this kind of shiz anyway. Yeah, it's fine. And what stuff are you going to be doing in this series? Although, in fact, I was physically up for doing it, but then I was filming it. Uh, all immediately after I got out of the jungle last year, and so when you get out of the jungle, all you want to do is yeah. eat, as you yeah. as you definitely know, and you just cannot stop eating because food is the most delicious, amazing. It becomes an obsession. It's beautiful, mm. and so slowly during the season, I just get fatter and fatter as <laughs> towards the last episode of the uh, thing. Well, it's, Did it's you nice. have the, the, the? I didn't look at the contract for for I'm a celebrity. No, don't look at it. My agent looked at it and he said it's fine. And there's, there's this. <laughs> just they, sign it. They own your image for. 
like three months after and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but the one point that was that the producers did flag up to me was the no masturbation rule. Amazing. Did you get? Did you? Did you get that flagged up? I, I don't. I think maybe we talked about it while we were in there, but right. I. Um, but no, I didn't. I was completely unaware. Any any form of I'm surprised I didn't mention it to you. But any form <laughs> of masturbation, you get booted out. Really, straight away. Oh, and, and that, they let you just fall awkwardly on something. Well, no, maybe maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe that was the, just this year. You know, in the light of like Weinstein and yeah. Spacey, maybe they they brought it in for that, or maybe it's always been there, but they highlighted it. You know, literally was sat at a desk and it said, "By the way, if we can just draw your attention to this um, rule, if you can just read clause seven. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure I everyone love... else had it? <laughs> and so does that mean that essentially first base is not allowed, but second and third and fourth base are allowed? <laughs> what it are was, they saying? It was they, they were saying basically no, no contact with yourself or anybody else or anybody else. Okay, so it's like someone else can't do the yeah the no, deed no, for no, you. No, they can't do that. That's but wow. also, also as well. It is the most unsexy place oh my god in the world and we you know obviously there's always beautiful men and women walking around in not much but the thought of i i I cannot say how unaroused i was the entire time i was there yeah like completely yeah there was not and no point did i think a sexy thought once it was like it was well not even not even with the girls like purposefully going in with with their bikinis into the showers no really not you see them as like sisters then or something i suppose so yeah i mean our in our year it was very much like we all just got on like a a family so so that probably didn't help things but it was um yeah it was just like so unsexy who who was in your year remind us who was in your carol vordman was the the legend um uh jordan from uh from diversity adam thomas from emmerdale um, Sam Quek from the Olympics, oh. and um, and uh, Wayne Bridge from football. Okay, okay, and me from Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you? Did, uh, there were moments when I was in there um, when. The, the, the first time I walked out, because I, I went in five days later and I was in lockdown and then suddenly they said, right, you're going in tomorrow. And mm. you, get, you have to wear your costume for the first time. You get driven to the edge of a wood and then you go in a blacked out vehicle and then you've got the towel over your head and then you're sat in a tent. And then they said, right, you're going to walk through those bushes and Ant and Deck will be there and they'll explain what's going to happen. And the second... I walked through those bushes, and there's Ant and Deck. There's all the people. There's the cameras. There's loads of snakes and spiders. Um, and I had several moments like that where I, I, I felt like I'd been sucked into the TV. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, this flipping it. This is weird. the other real moment I had of that of of just I and I, I burst into into hysterical laughter and that for about three or four minutes because it was so unreal. Was the last challenge, last trial I had was when I walked out and it was the eating one. Yeah. And I walked out and I saw the table and the chair and I thought, oh, I've got an eating one. And I just couldn't stop laughing because it's such an iconic yeah. setup. And I was thrilled that I was going to be there. Anne and Deck were there and they were bringing out, and I just kept laughing. Yeah, I did that same one. I did the same did one you do as the, you on the final did you do day. the yeah, eating yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And I was so pleased it was an eating one because I knew I could do that. Well, I was really worried because I thought it was going to be a moving thing. Right. I was going to have to eat something that's alive, and I was freaking out about that the entire day. And then, and then I opened the last cloche. Yeah, and you become very sort of versed with the word cloche. Oh, I love a good cloche. It's a word that I didn't know until yeah. I got in there, and then every day they're like cloche, cloche, cloche. Yeah. And um, I became very afraid of them. Um, 
claustrophobic. Some hey! might say. Good one. Guys, this guy's a here. stand-up. He's on tour at the moment, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we um, and then uh, yeah, it was it was it was mad. That same thing, that iconic moment. We were just like, wow, this is. I'm doing and the also, eating. Um, you know, because I I. I, I I haven't been on telly for years, and no, no one really knew who I was. And I was there with proper famous people. I'm a big fan of Shappies. I've always yeah. loved Shappies. So I saw Shappie, and it's like, flipping it. Um, and I, I know nothing about football, but even I recognise Dennis Wise. Amir Khan, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, Fizz from Coronation Street. Jenny. Jen, and, and the others I weren't, wasn't quite so familiar with. But, but the proper... Famous, you know, yeah. the, the, Jenny was, was just one of the most delightful people you could ever ever meet. But also, I kept looking at her thinking, flipping it, it's Fizz. Yeah, it's yeah. Fizz from Car- Did you have the same thing? Yeah, imagine looking at Carol Vorderman. Yeah. And being in that space, like you say, it's like you're sucked into the TV. When I went into the jungle, you're like, oh my God, this is... This is the thing that I've watched for so many years. I'd, it, it, the, I'd only experienced that feeling once before, and that was when I went to the cafe in New York that's the set of Friends. You know that? Where you go in, you're like, oh, my God, where's Gunther? You know? <laughs> I had that exact same feeling when I was walking around the set, and I was just like, yeah. wow, this is... And the realisation that this is our home for the next three weeks, probably. Yeah. You know? It's... Uh, yeah, it was mad. It's it was really interesting, and we're not, we won't bang on about it all the time. If you want to phone in 03444991000, but the reason I'm finding this so interesting is because there's, there's so few people who have been through that experience totally. um, that you can share it with. And I've, I've spoken to Kath about it, I've spoken to friends about it, but... Uh, 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 I mean, Kath knows perhaps slightly more than some of my other friends because you were part. You know, you got interviewed and, and questioned about it, and you, you know, you and I told you I was going in. But there's there's only so much empathy yeah. they can give you because they just don't know how boring it is. You know, for example, it's, to- it's totally. so boring in there. It's so and the hunger. That's the thing people don't understand. It's featured in the show as like these guys are hungry, but and but you just don't quite understand how yeah. hungry like everyone gets out and ev- the question everyone asks me is uh, oh they give you stuff on the side don't they they give you stuff yeah. on the side and you're like no, no i cannot tell you how mm. much like that i you're so hungry you're ravenous like, yeah. you do anything for food and that's the idea of the show it's such a genius show starve celebrities yeah. genius and i don't think they make enough of the fact that that, that you're right you would do anything for that food, this constant. I, I went in there on day five, and they were all just talking about food. And I thought, for God's sake, this is so boring. And then day four, I started talking about food yeah. because it's that constant low level hunger that is just also, always. Is it also with the you. boredom? All you've got to fixate yeah. on is yeah. what you're going to eat next. That's where the almost what becomes sexy. That's the yeah, funny food thing. Food porn. Food porn. Because yeah, it's like you know you don't look at the people in the shower anymore. You think about brownies. Yeah, like that's the. You're difference. not looking at them like Tom looks at Jerry and seeing like a rotisserie <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Exactly. But also, yeah. also, you're not talking about... We had a couple of um, qu- conversations about the, the fanciest restaurant, but it's filth. It's, you're oh, talking yeah. about... I mean, Amir kept talking about this... Um, oh, chicken shop, wasn't it? He kept it? talking about this, this chicken shop in, in um, near Heathrow called Nasburger, which sounds amazing, right? <laughs> um, and I'm not saying for a second that um, they are filth. Jordan used to t- talk about that same place. Really? He used to talk about the oh, same place every day. Isn't honestly. And he would always he would always talk about Nasburger, and he'd go, honestly, man. And, and the thing is, Amir's never been into Nasburger, he pulls up in the car and sends his boys in to go and get him a Nasburger. <laughs> Can you um, and you would talk about like the, you know, you talk about Nando.
those a lot. So it was never like big expensive meals. It was always, you know, kind of home comforts. When you came out, because I saw a lot of people, when they came out, shot their first meal and they bought, they'd asked for everything. Yeah. How much can you actually eat? Because I imagine your stomach's gone to the size of like like an orange. I didn't eat all day. I mean, because I'd had that that Christmas dinner the day before. Mm. But also I couldn't eat that because I'd done the eating challenge. And I I really wanted to puke after the eating challenge, but I couldn't. So I had an upset stomach all day. So, But about two o'clock the next night I ordered room service and had half a pizza and some ice cream but I um I ate as soon as I left they obviously tell you don't eat as much uh, you know yeah. make sure you integrate stuff into your diet slowly mm-hmm. and I left and I immediately ate a whole cheesecake like that was the first <laughs> thing I'm surprised I, that wasn't you like a whole che- not even a slice just a whole cheesecake and then I vomited it back up again wow. very quickly but it was so it was so quick after I'd eaten the cheesecake, the vomit tasted like cheesecake, oh, and it was two, exactly. But we go on free, absolutely. But it was isn't incredible. Everything, isn't everything super sweet or super salty because you're not used to that amount of? Um, I didn't. Uh, yeah, you, you, t- taste is heightened. I didn't notice the salt as much as everyone else, as mm. Jamie and Toff did. But yeah, uh, the taste is is yeah. chocolate tasted amazing Insane. for the like two weeks after. Chocolate was like. Oh, it was it, unlike anything you've ever had. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so, mate, it just, you know, and it makes you realise how much we gorge on the outside yeah. and how much we just sort of like, you know, it, it simplifies things. It, you have so much time to think and it simplifies everything in there. So it's like you go in there and you think, oh, maybe I have too many friends. And it's like you make, you think about who's yeah. important because the people you're thinking about in there are the important people, yeah. you know, and you think so much about your family. You don't think about the periphery people. Yeah. And you, you know, you don't necessarily think about your Instagram followers, but you think about your mum and your dad and yeah. your brother. And, and similarly, you just, you, you don't taste anything on the outside. You realise you just throw stuff in your face. Mm. You have so much stuff all the time. Like you have so many friends and you, you just don't, but when you come out, you just really know who your friends are and you can taste every tiny little thing. How long know? do you keep hold of that though? Not long. No. No, like days. Well, I mean, the, the, it's funny. I think, I think you could chart that whole 30-day experience and put down markers of where you start feeling things. And mm. I think it would be pretty identical for everyone. The big thing for us was um, us all going, well, we're really going to reevaluate our relationship with social media yeah, yeah, and yeah. technology. Because so, you and went of course, cold turkey. And, of course, as soon as you come out, you're on your phone going, yeah. right, let me say... Da, 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 da. But it has, it, it has changed my attitude to things. Now, when I'm with my kids now... Um, and when I go out for meals, I leave my phone at home, or mm. I, I leave the. If I got the, if I'm seeing the kids, I'll leave the phone in the car. Yeah. So I'm I'm spe- I'm more present. Yeah. For them, so it has had an effect that I think will be a lasting effect. Yeah. Um. We'll, we'll, we'll do the book. I just got to say that for those who don't know, Joel um, was one of the hosts um, of the ITV2. Sort of spin-off show, yeah. Extra camp, extra camp, yeah. Um, and you were so delightful to my sister, all of you. But you, you were so lovely to my sister, who was a nervous wreck. <laughs> and I knew that she could do it. I had complete confidence. I, I, I lied to her and I said, "Look, they might ask you to do one or two <laughs> interviews, but you know, you can say no." And I knew that she wouldn't say no, and I knew that she'd be a star. But you guys looked after her so much. So thank you so an much. Absolute for that pleasure. Job. She was an absolute joy. We were big fans of you, so we were big fans of her. Let's let's talk book, Joel Domit. It's it's not me, it's them. Confessions of a hopeless modern romantic. Um, are you a modern... What's a modern romantic? Well, I suppose a modern romantic is someone who's... I mean, you can date a lot more these days, can't you? It's like, you know, someone who's just been embroiled in, mm. in dating apps yes. and uh, 
and catfishing, like we talked about yeah, earlier. Yeah. That's all in there in, in detail. And um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's all it's all kind of in there. I've I've just opened it at random, and isn't it funny the bits you open up? I mean, how you could go off someone? Um, you're talking about a date with a woman called Hannah. Um, you're ordering dessert. Hannah, thankfully, doesn't choose the cheese board. Personally, I think only a serial killer would choose cheese as a dessert. It's only saving grace is the tiny pile of grapes <laughs> that are sometimes supplied to help you get the taste of cheese out of your mouth when you've immediately regretted your cheese dessert decision. I mean, hey, I... Well, uh, it's a good job you're not dating him. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's insane. Do, do not buy this book. <laughs> it's the ramblings of a lunatic. <laughs> I cannot imagine the phone calls that this is going to create. That little excerpt is going to... You wouldn't not... go cheese board on a date, though, would you? A cheese board is... It's a bold move. Cheese board on a date is like... Ch- let's wear track slacks and watch the telly. Shut up, man. And bear in mind, this has come from... My, my dad owned a cheese shop for 20 years. Oh. But gosh. I don't know why I find that so funny. It's, it's, um, I, and this is, this, so I used to work so in there. There's, daddy, there's daddy issues in that, in that paragraph. <laughs> That's totally it is. daddy issues. Right, okay. Totally. And uh, I, so I used to work there on Saturdays. He sent me on a course. <laughs> and so I did a cheese course. And this is when I was like 20, 20 years old, something like that. Wow. And I never went to university. So technically, cheese is my highest form of education. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know about this stuff. He's got a two one in dairy products. What's this your favourite cheese? What are you going with? Well listen, I'm a big fan of the clash classic English cheddar. I like yep. a cheddar. Um but I I do like um a nice camembert. Mm. Absolutely. And a nice stinking bishop. Absolutely. You've gone for the classics there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean coming from a guy who worked in a cheese shop for a good five years, mate, you need to delve a little deeper, you know? <laughs> You need to get into your, your Dolce Gorgonzolas, your Comptes, you know? Go for your Wigmores. Where would you, where would you put Leerdammer? <laughs> Leerdammer. It's nice. It's a great cheese. It's filth, though, isn't it? It's, it's filth a, compared it's, to what you were selling. It's a, yeah, exactly. Like, like... We're known to buy a Leerdammer pack and just cane the lot, aren't we? Oh, oh absolutely. Those Those Leerdammer. <laughs> if you've got any cheese questions, um, 0344 499 1000. <laughs> he's qualified. He's qualified. I mean, he's... Um... You know John Cleese's name was John Cheese? Yeah. What? Yeah, his, his name Surely was... Surely that was question one. Are you sure it wasn't a pronunciation <laughs> issue? With no, the... well, his dad, his dad was, was Cheese, and then he... I think it was either him or his dad, I think his dad maybe, who changed it to Cleese to make it sound wow. less, less dumb. His, um, so my, my girlfriend, her mother, is just, she's Dutch, yeah. and, um, and I hope she doesn't mind saying this, but her... her she uh, she came across to England and her um, her name was spelt J O K E like oh wow like it's, it's Yorker. That's Yorker yeah yeah and over here obviously it's joke it's a joke you, you can't be literally <laughs> your name is literally a joke wow. and um, and so she changed it to Yoka and and Y O K E yeah and uh, now obviously everyone pronounces that wrong but God. like um, she otherwise she changed it from being called joke oh. my is is Joel Domit your real name Joel Domit is fully my real name yes okay. absolutely. I, I, my, my real name is Ian Rugby, but I dropped... Oh, really? Yeah, it is. But Lee was my middle name, and I, you, you know when you get into show business and no one can spell or say it, and I had daddy issues, so I dropped, I dropped the rugby. But as I get older, I, I, I regret changing my name. I, oh, I, I no. shouldn't have... Well, how much did it cost? You could always switch it back. £36.50. 
Really? It's amazing, yeah, you isn't do it, it online. It's brilliant. You could be whoever you want. You could be whoever you want. Change it to like Ian Danger or something. <laughs> Ian Danger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Danger, and everyone thinks that you're saying you're in danger. I quite like that. Um, we'll take we'll take a break. <laughs> then we will come back. We're gonna we're gonna sell we're gonna sell this book, guys. And we, oh, we've got one to give away, haven't we? Oh yes, yeah. Do we've take got, that one. Oh, yeah. we, well, we, well, no, this is mine. Oh, okay, okay. I've so got we, another one. We've got, got we've got a book to give away. Um, um, I'm not going to do a quiz question because then it gets complicated, and we have then the rules come in. And, and then stuff. So We're also you... not sending it to Mexico. No, God, no, not to that deviant. So <laughs> if you want a copy of Joel's book, first person that phones up and says, I'll have it, um, you know, but try and muster some enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, yeah, go on, I'll take it off your hands. First person that phones up and says, yeah, I want Joel's book, you can have it. 0344 This is Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 is the phone number. Joel Domit is here. If you type in what those callers want for me, please, um, uh, Sam, that would be delightful. The book is It's Not Me, It's Them, Confessions of a Hopeless Modern Romantic. Um, uh, you're still on tour. The, the, the fag end of a tour, really, isn't it? You, you, you've kind absolutely. of... Well, don't, don't pitch it like that. It's like the best part of the tour, where oh, he's absolutely. like super... Well, all the ones where he's just going through the motions because it's become... <laughs> A faff, a chore. I don't know. I Which don't... is it, Joel? I mean, it's a bit of both, really. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's a well, it's, the, it's kind of the weird because you get to the end of the tour. It's at its best because it's so sharp. You know, everything works. Everything's going, but you're more bored of it. So it hasn't yeah. got that. You know, ex- you know. So you got, got the nerves. With yeah, it. You're, you're slightly dead behind the eyes, but they are great eyes. The last, <laughs> the last night of the tour, pr- pranks. Do you do pranks on yourself? You know, but uh, like practical, panto practical jokes. Well, yeah, you, you come out and surprise yourself wearing a different, you know, wearing flippers or something. I tried. I, I did weirdly. I, I'm for some reason I can't really remember why, but I, uh, I, I didn't have any shoes one day I left them in an Uber I changed for the gym and I'd left I had my trainers and I didn't have any shoes so this is um, just before Christmas I did a show without my shoes on without shoes or socks like like sort of well Ian lead it yeah absolutely so I roll and I you know I felt it was nice I felt like sort of Shakira it was just like it was really lovely and uh, gave an entirely new vibe to the entire show it was great fun I was running around I was sort of I felt like makes a difference I always do the radio I take my watch off and I take my shoes off and it just makes me feel a little bit dangerous <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you're not signed up to time or sort of gravel <laughs> no right now put your headphones on um, because oh, yeah. uh, Emma's on the line good evening Emma evening um, what have you called in for well I heard there was a free book on offer <gasps> right. who's right okay couple of questions who's the book hmm. by Joel Domic and yes. um, what's the book called uh, it's not me it's them okay yes. and um, why are you so tight that you can't buy it because I'm super tight. I'm a buyer for the NHS. It's just like hardwired. Oh, oh. you won that. You won that <laughs> you conversation. You won that totally. Um, uh, uh, the, um, okay, are you a? Fa- are you, now listen. Are you? You can answer no. I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot here. But um, I think one of the joys of, of us doing the jungle and of um, doing this radio show is that sometimes people stumble in that don't necessarily know our work. Were you? Are you a fan of Joel's? Are you aware of his work? Yeah, I've not I've not seen a great deal of it other than the jungle, but I watched the the ITV two show a lot and I saw the year that he was on and thought he was fab. Thank you. Emma. Is the That's correct wonderful. answer. Yeah. And, 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 and is it is it just an aesthetic 
Um, because let's be honest, he's he's a, he's a great looking guy. He's a great looking Bless guy. Him. I don't. I mean, he's super cute. But my husband's listening in the other room, and he could probably get through to give me a okay. dead arm before oh, I finish. I understand. The show, so. You know what? You know what? You, I'm a fan of you because you work for the NHS. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Emma, listen. You don't I'm, get paid much, so I'll take that. Emma, listen. I'm, you're, well, well done. You've got. I'm going to pass you back to Sam. He'll take your name and address, and we'll send it out to you at some point, probably next week, because it doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, and we don't want to, you know, get, get in trouble. But we'll, you, you'll have it in a week or two, okay? Amazing. Thank you so much. S- stay on Thank the line, you. Emma. Thank you very much, uh, Sam. If you could take those details, Clive is on the line. Good evening, Clive. Yes. Hello. Hello. Hello, Clive. I've uh, got a question regarding some cheese. Okay. So he's a cheese expert, isn't he? Yes, he is, yes. Uh, what is the difference between Philadelphia and Dairy Lee? Difference between Philadelphia and Dairy Lee? Uh, well, quite a big difference. I mean, I, Obviously. I personally, because I don't actually... My dad would forbid the sort of uh, Philadelphia or Dairy Lee yeah. in his shop because it was more of a sort of an independent trader, Jeez, and no. he didn't. Well, yeah, he he didn't want to sort of, you know, bring himself down to such thing as as uh, Philadelphia and um, and Dairy Lee and Baby Bell and <laughs> stuff like that. You know, you know, well, I, um, of course, you know, you can get Big Baby, Mini Baby Bell is, but there's Big Baby Bell, unbelievable. Uh, you know, and it's it's you can also get you know um, proper brilliant, beautiful cheese that's similar to... I mean, just because it's not unwrappable, it doesn't mean it's not delicious. <laughs> and, um, but isn't Dairy Lee and Philadelphia the same thing? No, no, no very different things. I'd say, I'd say, uh, I mean, you know, obviously Philadelphia is sort of a, a soft cream cheese, yeah. and... Um, Dairy Lee's and fun. Dairy Lee's, Dairy Lee's fun. I mean, even if it comes down to the shapes it's in, uh, that often happens in cheese, doesn't it? You know, hope that but, answers your question, Clive. Okay, let's go to uh, let's try. I mean, geez, this is rattle through this. This is such a fun show. Oh god, it's it's, it's, it's hell. Um, <laughs> I hate this place. Let's speak to Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hi, hi, Ian. Hi, Joel. Hello there. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Joel at uh, Sheffield City Hall on Thursday. By the way. Oh, what a wonderful plug! Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. You're you're in town the same night as Toff because Toff's appearing at uh, Sheffield Nightclub on Thursday night as well. <laughs> oh well, maybe we'll go visit her afterwards. This if, is great. This is this is this is wonderful. If you want, Bruce, I can I can have a word with Toff and see if I can um, get you into the nightclub. If that's right, it's the Viper Rooms. That's a good plug for her. <laughs> Genuinely, I think I might go visit Toff. I mean, yeah. I've only met her like briefly after coming out of the jungle and on our show, but um, but that, that might She's be quite nice. She's lovely, Toff. I've not spoken to her since leaving the jungle, as I knew I wouldn't, because the, yeah. the winner who won your your Scarlet. Year? Of course she did. Of course she did. Yeah. And uh, the the winner, they they kind of go off on their own wonderful, exciting journey of superstardom, don't they? Absolutely. Although, of course, you ended up working with Scarlet. So yeah, um... I mean, it's 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 great. I'm sort of riding on her coattails. Yeah. Wonderfully. Oh God. She's um, such a talented, wonderful human being, and uh, to consider her as my friend. She is, um, she is brilliant, and she was. I thought she was so funny from what the the bits I saw of of the the show that you guys did. I mean, I'm a big fan of of Joel's, uh, Joe Swash's anyway. Yes. I, think, I think he's wonderful, um, and I think one day the rest of the the country will realise what we have in Joe Swash. Um, but the bits I saw you two doing as well, you and Scarlett, I just I was blown away by. I thought it was funny. I thought you were both bang on, and the fact that she, you know, I mean, you you you've not done live TV. But you've got a performing mm. background. She ain't got a performing background, but she's as sharp Smashed as anything, it. isn't yeah. she? Absolutely amazing. Like, there would be moments on the show where, you know, over ten years of doing stand-up, you sort of slightly understand what to say at certain moments, yeah. you know? So you sort of teach yourself how to say a funny thing, and almost. And um, 
and they would just say something naturally. Yeah. They, they were they were naturally as funny as I had sort of carved in ten years of working yeah. hard. And it's just like they're they're brilliant. Both she was great. Uh, anyway, Bruce, did you have a, a question? Do you, would, would, uh, uh, yeah, I've got a question for you, Ian. Uh, oh. Have you written the speech for tomorrow night's uh, TV awards? Because oh. I know you said you were going to try and I am now muscle Anton Deck. <laughs> I am now going to the uh, National Television Awards only because I have been mm. told that the award that I'm a celebrity is up for is the first award. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Shappy because we're both a little bit nervous, and I'm going <laughs> to um, uh, see that see that who wins that award, and then I'm getting a cab and I'm coming leaving straight early. back here. I'm leaving. I'm leaving you, early. You're going to do a Jack Maynard. Um, <laughs> 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 was that was that too far? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've never met the lad, and and I did I didn't. Know, of course, you didn't. Never met him. That's never spoken so to him, isn't it? And and no one knew anything about it. Anyway, that's. Um, uh, but yes, I've, 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 if if I'm a celebrity wins, obviously mm. it'll be down to me, and you know, yep. and, yeah. and the crying and stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, I wanted I want to do something. Whether I go full Jarvis and and moon to the audience <laughs> while Ant and Deck are doing their speech, I don't know. Whether I pull out a gun and take them hostage, I don't know. Yeah. Joel, I want to I want to make a statement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, what do you think you're going to do? What do you fancy? Probably just stand there sheepishly yeah, at the yeah, back yeah. and um, nod and then walk off. I absolutely. think it's probably going to be. If the you thing. could do that and then wave my book in the background <laughs> as well, that'd be absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Bruce, go and buy his book. I will. I'll, I'll see if he's. Uh, have you got a copy to bring to the Sheffield City Hall? By the way, oh, go away, I think yeah. I think I have. I'm not sure, Bruce, but thank you so much. I'm excited to see you in Sheffield. Uh, the book isn't out until February the eighth. Uh, but you can pre-order now. You can, pre- you can pre-order, yeah. pre-order it now, and also if you order it on, you can order it from your website. Is that advice? You can, yeah. Joeldomit dot com, double M double T. Uh, if you order it from Amazon, sometimes their prices go up, and if you get in there early. You get the ch- just go and order it for crying yeah, out loud. It's, absolutely. Uh, let's try um, David Babcock. Good evening, David. Oh, hi, yes. Hello. Uh, yeah, okay. Hello, David. Hi, uh, Ian and Joe. Hello there. I hear there's a book, book going. There, no, the, the book is gone. I'm afraid. I'm sorry, uh, mate. Sorry, there was only one. Well, there, are, there are three, but but one's going to me and one's going to Kath. But there'll be some more in a couple of weeks, and you can buy one. Yeah, you yeah. Have to buy things, right? No, um, <laughs> I was wondering. You, you, you spoke so honestly about your your Skype thing earlier. Yes, and the way you dealt with it. Yeah, I have a similar problem. Oh God! Oh, uh, okay. Regular listeners to the show will know my plight with my my Hoover. David once phoned up because he was hoovering naked, mm. and he fell awkwardly, didn't he? He, he claims he he. Bell. Now, did the Hoover got the? It was a. It was a. It was, it was um, um, uh, Henry. Henry. He was looking the, right at him, and he, and he and he fell front forward on the Henry. Forwards ways. Yes. If you fall back ways, then that's a colonic. That, yeah, that was that was his hamster last week. But the um, uh, you fell forwards onto the Henry Hoover, and it sucked you off. Oh well, gosh. not not exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Exactly that. And how are you dealing with the um, the the shame? Well, I, I I'm, I'm trying quite quite open about it, like 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 Joel, mm. but, but I'm not I'm not planning on doing any shows based on the Hoover. Okay. But I think it's best to be open about it. You know, it's just um, yeah. you know, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I think it's something that we all do, and it's uh, I think you know. You got Henry. 
I've got, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Henry out when I get when I get back. And uh, <laughs> but own, own it, David. Own, own it. it, David. Own it. Hi, I'm I'm David Babcock, and I got my willy stuck in the Hoover. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> if you can you clip that, Sam, and send that to me? That's going to be. Um... <laughs> This is, this is such a great show. Can you believe we're on the same station now as Julia Hartley Brewer and Eamon Holmes? <laughs> and we're, we're, doing, um, we're doing this rubbish. Um, uh, the book is Joel Domit, double M, double T. It's not me, it's them. We haven't really got... We've got we, are, you, are you going at 11? I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to answer my welcome. You can stay as long as you want. If you want to stay after 11, you can stay after 11. But if you want to go... If you're fed up, you can go. You go whenever uh, you want. I'm having, I'm having a great time. So we set a time. So they say I'm going to leave at 20. 20 past 11. Fine, that's a bit, 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 God, bit of a weird specific time, isn't it? <laughs> 17 past <laughs> 17 past Let's say 13 past like, 13 past 20 11. past 11. All right, well, uh, in that case, we won't rush the, 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 um, the, the book thing. We'll do that after 11 with, with exactly what it's about. We've, we've not really talked about it. Okay. Um, uh, did you... I, I went nuts when I came out of the jungle. We've got two minutes of the break. Talk about my nuts head. But I went nuts coming out of the jungle because the, the whole... Not, not necessarily the reaction to it, which is massive, but it's such a strange experience. And coming out of it, you, I, I felt... Discombobulated is the only word. You know, I felt d- detached from reality. And I went... I went nuts and done stuff that I haven't done for a long time and went a little bit crazy. Did you did you feel nuts when you came out? I felt slightly crazy. My my only saving grace is that I was filming this Joel Nish versus the world. Yeah. So I told you this just a second ago, but it was uh, it was I, I filmed the first episode before I did the jungle, and so I flew straight from Mongolia yeah. to the jungle, and then I did I filmed Kenya afterwards and. Um, and so I was back in the England for four days where everyone cared about me and it was all like, oh, my God, jungle, jungle, jungle. And then I flew to Kenya, had no phone signal for a week. Mm. And, you know, the Maasai Mara didn't care at all about what I'd done. They hadn't seen it, had they? they? You know, I mean, they're, they're, unfortunately, they're not, they're not plugged in. And... Um, and they didn't care. And also, you're trying to explain to them that you're like, guys, I mean, we lived on absolutely no food. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like well, that's our life, so... Uh, OK, it, it, unfortunately for us, it's not televised. <laughs> and, and so it just really brought me back down to earth. It was great. It was great for me. And uh, it really helped. It helped me not to go nuts, mm. I think. Um, but then... Uh, and then also, I just was sort of... As soon as the New Year started continued filming that and then went on tour i think the main reason why i haven't gone completely crazy is that i haven't stopped yet so i think the moment that i do stop mm. i think that's when it's gonna go mad when i when i suddenly uh it all uh, it all dries up i mm. well i, I yeah I, I you know i keep saying to kath i think the tv work's drying up a little bit now. yeah and then he tells me five more things he's got to do that week well, you, I'm, 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 I'm guessing on loose women and good morning britain all the flipping time and keep reminding you that you this this you now if you were having a conversation with you six months ago you wouldn't yes. believe your luck well i'd be thinking um this is weird i'm having a conversation with future me well, that would be the that. weirdest <laughs> thing oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number you can watch us on periscope.tv slash ian lee joel dom is here for another um 22 minutes 
minutes and uh, uh, 20 seconds. <laughs> um, come and get it while it's hot. And boy, oh boy, he's hot. This is Talk Radio. <laughs> Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. We've got 18 minutes of Joel Domit. 0344 <laughs> I'm Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is here. With so much we've learned during that break. It's incredible. Um, two things we've learned. One, that, well, some people have known this, that you shaved off your beard um, during a break of a, on a live TV show in the jungle. Yep. Um, and the other, for a joke. For a joke. I just thought it'd be funny. Oh, it's great. It's, I, I love it. It's performance art. I, <laughs> I dig all of that stuff. And, and, uh, Neil Hannon of the Divine Comedy once did that. He, he had a beard for the first half of the show, came back from the interval, <laughs> clean shaven. I think it's great. More people should play around with their facial hair. I wanted to have the confidence to not mention it. Yeah. And to yeah. like just carry on, but I couldn't do it. I yeah. had to be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was it was um, horrible. It's horrible for a couple of days. And the other thing I learned, I don't think Catherine was. Here, maybe you knew this already. Is that at one point you memorized? Well, you, what was it? Pi. I've got a tattoo of pi on my arm to 106 decimal places, and um, that's because it was my first ever tattoo, and I, it's because I memorized it to 106 decimal places when I was, I'm going to say, like 14, wow. thir- 13 probably. Um, just Why? Just my... to show off? Yeah, it was one of those. That was, that was what I was like in school. I was so keen, I was disruptive. I love it. I love it. Like it was like. They would be the, the teacher, Mrs. Bradley. She was, and she was like, "Okay, you need to memorize pi to three decimal places." Oh, mate, that's what you need to do. I'll show you, Bradders. Like, we used to call her Mrs. Bradders. Exactly, <laughs> of course we did. Of course we did. And um, came back, learned it to 106 decimal places, got up, wrote it on the board, got sent out. You know, it's like that's the vibes. <laughs> she sent you out for it. I mean, I was being very disruptive, like made it all about me. I mean, who'd have thought I'd become a stand-up comedian? But, um, um, but you only know it now to th- about 30. Yeah, it's like what's the thing? 3.141592653897932384626432. Yeah, <laughs> I may be repeating myself. I don't know. Some of those. What ones. was great though was to, to prove how hard he was because it is tattooed on his arm and we can see it. As he started it, he put. His arm down where he couldn't see it. Yeah, he yeah, put his yeah. arm behind his back, even on the radio, so that we couldn't see the book. Let's let's sell this book, man. Come yeah. on, for goodness' sake, uh, Joel Domit. It's not me. It's them. Uh, Confessions of a Hopeless Modern Romantic. It's out on the eighth of February. But I would say pre-order it now because you never know. They might not have printed enough. <laughs> they just might, <laughs> might not have. So get in there uh, quick. First book you've written. Yes. Um, and you said 90,000 words. Yes. It's always my thing. Whenever I meet anyone who's written a book, how many words did you do? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to write a book and I'm struggling, but I, I, I need to know a number of words. you just uh, got to get it out. Like, honestly, that uh, first draft is terrible. Yeah. But you've got to get it, just got to get it out. And then your second draft is better, third draft is way better, fourth draft you are so proud with, fifth so, draft you're like, this is the best thing is ever. It, so is it fifth draft? Forget that. Don't think about that. Just get, write so something down. Is this so? This is about you dating. Yes. And are, are these all real people in here? Yeah. So it's all sort of various sort of collections of of dating tales and and oh, yeah, I mean I just with me I feel like I've got I've got a, a terrible luck in the way that things tend to go. I yeah. think I think you're very similar to me in the way that. We're, my lack of confidence is also a, a big issue with me when I can right. get myself into certain scenarios when my lack of confidence ruins it. Yeah. And um, 
So it's just like, silly tales. Like the catfish one is one that gets into it. Yeah. And it's just like, that's horrendous. And my t- the tale of losing my virginity is in there. My oh, wow. first kiss. My, you know, all that stuff. So is the index just a list of women's names? I'll have a look at the... Yeah, the index is, is the numbers. It's like the, the black book. Because I, it's also diary entries. Because yeah. I wrote a diary when I was 18. Oh, mate. And so it's like all my diary entries, which are absolutely ridiculous. Um... So the, uh, for instance, I'll give you a diary entry now. This is, okay, let's go to 76. Um, and uh, so this is, um, this is from the 3rd of May, 2004. How old would you have been here? Um, 2004, so 19. Okay, oh, here we go. Gosh, it's exciting. Ouch. And 19, this is from someone who didn't go to university. So <laughs> this is like, okay, I've, I just, I grew up slowly. Okay, uh Hey, JD. I should point out, first of all, all of my diary entries were in a letter format to myself, which was absolutely wonderful. Everything I've learned about you in the last three minutes has made me think you're bonkers, but I'm, yes. I'm enjoying this. Okay, yes. yes. Uh, 3rd of May 2004. Hey, JD. Not going to ring or text her today. It's up to her to contact me. If she doesn't, then I'll move to London and it'll be cool. <laughs> oh, it gets better. It gets better. And it'll be cool. Ten press-ups. Go. Done. <laughs> I literally went away. You ordered yourself. I did ten press-ups and I came back. Gotta look good for the 15 women I need to sleep with to get over Rose. First, I need to get good at sex. Speak tonight. Genuine. I cannot tell you how genuine this is genuine. Can I ask you a question? How does one get good at sex? I mean, who knows? Wow. Who knows? I just, I just, all I knew is I broke up my first girlfriend, Rose. And I was just hell And the number was 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was 15. And actually, there's another diary entry that says, um, I don't want to have sex with more than 40 people because that would be slutty. And so I say right. that. And so and when I find the diary, yeah. when I was much older, I was on... I, I worked out and I was on 38. And so this book is about me trying to find the one before I reach 40. Right. Uh. Okay. And... Um, and yeah, so and the, the whole thing is encased within the first oh, date. Oh, that's wonderful! My, uh, do you, do you, do you change the names? I changed the names. Yeah, yeah. you're a gentleman. I ha- I had to as well, legal reasons. But the um, <laughs> uh, the uh, but yeah, I changed them all to flowers because my mother is a garden designer. So I changed. Oh, them all and to have you have you spoken to any of the women in there? I, do you think that they will get in touch once the book comes out? Basically, I would. I would. I mean, this is the. This is completely making me changing the names completely uh, pointless. But I uh, basically would change the names and like their hair color. So like, hopefully they wouldn't have a problem with it. And um, plus, he's not texting them anymore. Remember, not texting them anymore. It's absolutely. <laughs> and also, there's. there's there, there, I mean, the ones that would care, I've I got in contact with. Okay. Um, so there's a few in there that I've like made sure it's okay. But um, but the rest wow. of them, you know, that's a, a, a brave. Thing. This is um, another similarity I think we have, is I often worry, not worry, I often consider the fact that maybe on this radio show I overshare yeah. and I'm too honest about myself and too honest about what's going on up here and, and stuff that's going on in my life. It sounds like you, you, you just, you've doubled down and you've put everything in there. Yeah, I really, I really have. I, I did a... Um... I did this uh, sort of run through for a show today, mm. um, and uh, and it was about fan fiction. Mm. And so it turned out when I left the jungle, someone had written seventy thousand words fan fiction about 
the jungle mm. about me and um, written from the perspective of someone who was an Olympian swimmer and us like getting on in the jungle um, and mate, leaving we, having a relationship. Well, well, um, um, welcome to the club, yeah. So have you got one as well? Not, not quite as, as extensive as that, but well, there's a couple of fan fictions about me in the jungle. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. They're not too amazing. rude though, yours, are they? Were yours filthy? They're, but no, not really. They were dirty in, t- in, in bits and bobs. Mm. I hadn't read the whole thing, but they showed me extracts today. And it was fascinating. It was so yeah, funny. Yeah. And um, and it was all like flirting in the jungle and kissing and deciding yeah. to be girlfriend and boyfriend in the jungle. Yeah. And then we left and then made it a relationship and all this stuff. And then like, you know, we had sex for the first time. I was reading this stuff, really getting into it, being like, oh, this is about me. <laughs> and then this is the best bit. The last page. The last page is like a sort of what's going to happen in the future with us. And it was like, we've been together a year now. And it's amazing. And it, uh, it is still wonderful. Our love is, is still so strong. And it says, um, uh, Joel works a lot less now. And I was just like, oh, oh right. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that. And it's just like, I'm training for the Olympics and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it, was, uh, it was We great. read out some of our fan fiction, or my fan fiction. And, and then I, I spoke to... You made me read it, which I think well, is sick. <clears throat> well, here's, here's the thing. This puts, I'm going to say something that's going to make us all slightly uncomfortable. Um, I'm... I, one of the people that wrote it tweeted me. Wow. Yeah. She's 15. Did so, you... anyway. Oh, really? Okay, and okay, that explains why it's just <clears throat> snogging. Yeah, that would Thank explain goodness. it. Yes. That's great. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's nice that it's just snogging. It's yeah. just lovely. Wait, but I still, hang on. I'm 44. I'm still not snogging 15-year-olds. No. Wanna... She's not really a TV researcher either, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is the role that she had. <laughs> but do you... Do you... Do you do, is there any um, anything... I suppose once you've had something revealed like the, the sex tape... Yeah. Um... Anything else you reveal is is not going to be as in inverted commas as bad as that, is it? I was going to say, do you have any kind of line that you won't cross in what you'll talk about in your personal life? Not really. Um, they asked me this today, and I was like, it's fine. I, I don't I, because I use stand up as a sort of therapy. Yeah. I sort of get out there, and my best way of dealing with something is just to say it out loud. So if crappy things happen, you think, oh, okay, at least I can use it for for this. Genuinely, yeah, and it's. Um, you know, if I'm feeling down about something, I just try and say it, mm. and it's um, and it really is so cathartic. It's so such a good way, and it might not even be funny to start off with, but you slowly carve something into into it to make it to make it worth listening to. Wait, because this is what I use the radio. This is yeah. my therapy now. Although I started seeing another bloke again, but this is <laughs> but this is this is my free therapy. Yes. You know, is is kind of coming and working through. Yeah, what kinds of complex, and weirdly, issues. the book became a, com- a that on another level. Yeah, it was like so not because like a, even on stage when I go and will tell a story, you are very aware that you have to edit that down to a sort of a story which people actually want to listen to. Whereas in a book. It gives you an extra license to be able to give details that you'd never be able to give on stage. And you can really colour the whole situation. And it just, it was so liberating. Do you, are you still um, lacking self-confidence? I suppose I do, yeah, in certain aspects. But um, it's, uh, I think, I think in this industry, if you don't lack a self-confidence, uh, lack of confidence, then you then you become an idiot yeah, yeah, really quickly, like really quickly. If you have an ego, like you've got to have a certain level of ego, but I think it's so healthy to have a certain yeah. level of, of just like insecurity. And those two things together are healthy, but mm. what too much of one or too much of the other makes you an absolute insane person. Mm. And, uh, and I think the right level of both makes you a, a successful 
creative human. Here's a question from um, out of nowhere. Were you asked to host that Chevy Chase thing? Oh, my God, yes. <gasps> right. Can, yes. can we talk about that? Yes. Because Please, we, yes. Last Sorry, week... No, it's OK. I spat at you earlier. We quit. Last <laughs> week, we did a whole hour and a half of the show about that. Oh, we played my God. audio from it. <gasps> we had... Um, we had about six, seven, eight people that went to it. Wow. Um, None of whom paid full price. Yeah, no one paid for Everyone got like, got tickets like a tenner or got moved up the front. Um, and, and, and a friend of mine in TV said, oh, I heard a rumour that Joel Domit had been asked to do it, but I don't know if that's true or not. Is that um, absolutely so, true? So are you, can you talk about that? Well, I don't know. I mean, so basically, I, um, me and my agent, he was like, this really weird thing's come in. <laughs> and, and this is the weird thing, that he went... Uh, the, the, he copied to me in, in the original email yeah. and it said, we hear that Joel Domit is a massive fan of Chevy Chase and he tells everyone that he's a massive fan. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan as much as the next guy of Chevy yeah. Chase, but I've never told anyone that I'm a fan of Chevy. Like, You've watched National Lampoon. I've done that, you know, I've done that. I've watched Community and, yes. and yeah. it's like, you know, I've done that. But and, and but I am no more a Chevy Chase fan than the next person in the street, and uh, so they are lying. <laughs> maybe they maybe they're up. confused with Joel Lysett. Maybe he's maybe. a big Chevy Chase fan. Maybe you know, and it's uh, it's. So how so, long before the thing did you get that shout? Remarkably late, and um, and I was in the jungle. I was watching you in the jungle whilst I was making this decision. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, and one of the writers came in one day. I was like, I bought tickets to go see Chevy Chase live at Hampstead Apollo, and I was like. I'm supposed to be hosting it, but I haven't said yes yet. Because we were umming and ahhing about it. And they, first of all, they said, don't worry, you don't have to write your own questions. And I was like, okay, well, that's brilliant. Whether you just, you do it and it would be fun because I know how to interview people. Yeah, of course. You know, and it's fine and we'll have a chat and apparently he's sort of notoriously difficult. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd try and have fun with it. And, and my thing with anything is at least I'll get a story out of it. Yeah. You know, I, if things I think are going to be weird, do it. You'll get a story out of it and you can tell it on stage. And so I basically said yes. And then um, it went away for a bit. And then they said, they came back and said, oh, sorry, you'd have to write your own questions. And that was me kind of out. Yeah. Because I didn't feel like I was going to be able to write questions that were interesting enough for people who would, for, for 2,000 people that would pay tickets to see Chevy Chase. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, and I was bit, I was so busy with stuff and I would have just come back from holiday and, and I was going to have to spend the entire Christmas watching you know uh chevy chase movies and and well, so it I was turns like, out you wouldn't you just need to no. ask him about like you just need to take your guitar and rock up and ask him about tennis and when i heard that i was like oh my god this is insane so, and, and also I, I love that he was my plan b like he was <laughs> like oh joel Dom, i can't do it let's get mike reed that's just <laughs> unbelievable it is because um, I, I am quite a big Chevy Chase fan, and I was in Good Morning Britain that morning that he was there, and I've heard that you know I was I was literally as he walked past my dressing room, I was on the website. Why is Chevy Chase such an asshole? Um, and he is famously very very tricky. So I didn't speak to him when he was at Good Morning Britain, um, but by all accounts that night he was on top form. Great, he was thrilled. Were that, you there? No, I didn't go. Oh. I was I was going to, and then I didn't. And uh, we wish, wish we'd gone. Well, every, yeah. he was on top form. He was he was humbled that so many people had come but it was just a car crash and um it, it people were saying um uh, uh, the highlight of the evening was when someone shouted out mike read you're a twat yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but, but everyone everyone who phoned up said do you know what 
it was the best night I've ever been to yeah. for all the wrong reasons. And I feel like I've seen something very, very special. And that is what's beautiful about English people. Mm. Like, that is so beautiful. I think that if that happened in America, people would be like, oh, my God, man, that was just an absolute disaster. Yeah. Everyone, like, they were having a horrible time. It was awkward. But like in England, we're like, cannot wait to go to the office on Monday and yeah. say that something was terrible. And that was Not it. one of the people that we spoke to said they wanted their money back. Not one. No. Yeah, of course. Well, they, they, had, all, they had all paid like a tenner. Yeah, for yeah but still, Americans would want their money back, right? That's true. I'll tell you what, we've got, look, we've got two more minutes of your self-imposed, slightly rude exile. But <laughs> we've, got, we've got Jay and we've got Craig, I think, I want to talk to you. Jay's been waiting for ages. Jay, you're through to Joel. Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. I haven't been waiting for that long. It's been... Uh, been all right. All right. Well, I'll put you on hold oh, again if you want. Yeah. No, anyway. no, 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 no. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, Joe, I enjoy you on. I've heard you on lots of things, uh, podcasts and radio things and stuff. But I don't know what you look like. Which Which one are you? Were you one of the ones that got stuck in New York? No, I'm not one of the ones that's stuck in New York. No, that was my friend James right. Acaster, Ed Gamble, and uh, John Robbins. What happened to them? They went over to uh, for New Year's to New York, and they yeah. got stuck in the snow, and they couldn't come back. They had to be there for an extra like five days. No or something. way! And it was it became it became weirdly on the BBC News, and it was like <laughs> the comic stuck in New York. Oh, that's incredible! And I've since been for lunch with James, and uh, he said it was like the best thing ever because like, there was no pressure. They just were like enjoying themselves, oh, having this extra time. Yeah. Beautiful. Fantastic! Well, but you're you're in that you're in that group, aren't you, of comedians? Yes. That that, that, that school of, of, of comedians, aren't you? And, and yeah, I've heard you on things before, but I'm not I'm not seeing you anything. Well, you Jay, uh, Jay, uh, Jay, I don't know. If, have you got a computer? Jay, do not Google me. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, don't yeah. Google me, mate. That is. I'm uh, worried about googling now for some of the stories. I'm exactly, it's dangerous territory, mate. The tour dates are on joeldomit.com, Is that right? I'm going to go and check that out. Go on, yeah. have a go. Have a chat. So you're not the di- you're not the diabetic one or the one. That's <laughs> no, God. that's Ed Gamble. That's oh, no. Ed Gamble. Thank and um, but no, I'm I'm the fully healthy kind of intake sugar and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm an, just a sim- simple nice guy. Is it, it was, I wouldn't say it was simple. I wouldn't say it was nice either. You can see. <laughs> The demand He's definitely a guy. Uh, well, again, we need to get the results back from the laboratory. <laughs> um, uh, Craig, did you want to speak to Joel? Hello, Craig? I'm going to take that as a no. Oh, um, rude. On that bombshell. But it's perfect timing because we were over the my 17 past. No, it's awful. Hey, listen, man, it's so nice to see you. Thank you, thank you, thank Absolutely you for coming Absolutely pleasure in. to be here. What a wonderful show. Um, best of luck with the book. Do you want to... Now, that's my copy. Have you got a copy that you can sign for Emma? Oh, uh, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Have we got a better, have we got a better pen? Or should I've we do got a Sharpie Hang on. We've got a Sharpie. But I'm really concerned that you're going to sign my book and give my book away. Because, I, you know, I just... It's, I've got one in my bag as well. I let's need to let's just sure sort this out, guys. Let's sort this out <laughs> proper. Thank you so much for coming in. JoelDomit.com, double M, double T. What are you, at Joel Domit, is that? It's Yes, at Joel Domit on all social media there platforms. You find him and um, and stuff. The book is, uh, it's not me, it's them. You can pre-order it now from all the usual places. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Thank you, Joel. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Speaking of books, I started listening to... The um, Art Garfunkel autobiography audiobook. That guy is nuts. Honestly, I, I, you, I, 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 can't, I can't make head and a tail of what he's talking about. It makes no sense. I wonder if I've got it on this computer, because I'd play you a bit. Um, I don't know if I've got it on. I should have it on this computer. Hang on. 
audiobooks. It is... Uh, here we go. I'll play a bit when Kath comes, because there's a bit I want her to hear. It's all over the place. His voice is delicious. It's like a rich chocolate cake. He sounds a lot like Michael Nesmith does now. Um, and it, it, it starts off quite linear and, and kind of making sense. And then it just goes all over the place. All over the place. It is weird and rambling, and I, I don't understand a single word of it. But, God almighty, it's wonderful to listen to. I finally finished the Bob Dylan audiobook I was listening to. 27 hours. 27 hours. I started that on, on my flight over to Australia. Um, and alive. Time out of mind. But um, what is It All But Luminous by Art Garfunkel? Flipping heck. That's some weird book. Uh, This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. I'm Ian Lee. Every Monday to Friday, 10 o'clock till 1 o'clock, you can listen on DAB. You can download the Talk Radio app, or, of course, you can listen online at talkradio.co.uk. And tonight, you can watch the show live on periscope.tv slash Ian Lee. Um, if you, you, you're sticking around because you were listening to Joel and um, you want to listen to a bit more, it's a phone-in show unlike any other. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk to you about stuff that's in the papers and stuff that's happened to me over the weekend and stuff that's going on in my head. Um, And you are welcome to call in about any of that um, uh, stuff um, or about anything else that's going on for you. Maybe there is a news story that you think we should be covering. Maybe there uh, something dramatic has happened to you over the weekend. Or maybe you just want to phone in for a chat. It's all good, man. It's all good. You know, if you're waiting for me to set the question, um, then you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed because that's not really what we do here. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, it, probably free for most phone packages, pennies uh, at most, and then you'll speak to Sam and he'll take your name and number and he'll give you a call back. Um, let's go to Kadir. Good evening, Kadir. How you doing? Good, thank you, Kadir. What have you I got for saw us? you in the coffee shop, if you remember. Um, that was nice. Uh, basically, I was, I was wanted to say you shouldn't be paying for deed polls. You shouldn't be t- shouldn't be paying for deed polls. Um, they're all a scam, Ian. Um, yeah, haven't you told me this before? The reason? No, no. Okay, of course right. not. Um, basically, you can make your own deed poll. They're, they're, they're not really an official document. You just write out what you want. And the companies that sell them aren't official by any means. Well, no, I did it. Okay. Well, well, it was only. Well, the thing is, you need um, to get a, um, a, a, a form, a legal form, saying that you've, you've changed your name. You don't. Yeah, mate, I tell you, Kadir, 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 I tell you what, mate, you try and get um, power of attorney when you've changed your name. You, you try doing that without the legal document. You try and speak to um, uh, the, um, the, the Department of Work and Pensions um, uh, when you've changed your name and you haven't got the official document. You, you, you go and try doing that and see, see where you get. You can have a witness for five, about £5 by a lawyer. Kadir, you, Kadir, uh, you see, Kadir you've, got to buy, you've got to purchase the form. Uh, you've got to have... Co- they can't be copies. You've got to buy um, a different, unique copy for each thing. You have to get them. Yeah, I know. 
I know, but you can write your own out. You can affix your own... Um, no, you can't, the, Kadir. You need to get the official document that shows you've changed your name. That's not a real thing. These companies that do it, No, Kadir, real, Kadir, 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 it, Kadir, Kadir, mate, honestly, you go and... You tell you what, you go and try and get power of attorney for someone when you've changed your name without that document. See, see how you get on. I was thinking of changing it uh, to Alex Saxon once, um... Because why, why don't you change it to, to, to irritating idiot who's full of shit? <laughs> Seriously, you go and you, you, you try and you try and um, get power of attorney when you've changed your name without that document. Try and, and let me know how you get on. Okay, I'll give it a go. I'm, I'll add a middle name or something. No, you try. No, 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 no. You try and change your last name and then try and get power right. of attorney. You, you try and do that. I don't have anyone to give my power to. So right, exactly. So you haven't is. got a clue what you need to get those things done. And you can't, just, you can't just change it and then go and get all of these things done without the right documents, Kadir. Uh, that's your opinion, but sure. I, no, I no, 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 no. It's not my opinion, mate. I've lived it. I've lived it. It's fact. Well, you've got a bad solicitor, then. You're working no, with Kadir, bad people. No, well, i tell you what I've got, Kadir, is I've got um, uh, arsehole callers who think they know everything yeah. and they don't know anything at all, and they're a right pain in the backside. That's what I've got. Dear God. Dear God. Seriously, I, I've, I've changed my name, and I know what you've got to do. I know what you've got to do, guys, and I know that you have to get... Um, a form. Every every uh, letter you send off to the bank, to the mortgage people, to the power of attorney, to um, the DWP, to um, the council, everything, you've got to send them the official form. And it can't be a photocopy. And each form costs, well, it did cost £12.50. I don't know how much it costs now. And you've got to send them off. And they don't always send them back to uh, show that you have changed your name. Legally, you have to do that. I'm afraid. So, thanks very much indeed. God, that guy drives me round the wall. I noticed. Jeez. I mean, it, 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 God, for God's sakes. Is it, is, it, is it just me, or is there something really creepy about him? There's something really creepy. I'm going to say it. There's something creepy. That thing about. I hope you enjoyed your coffee in the coffee shop. That's because I did a Facebook Live and he popped up on it. Yeah. It's just something. I don't know. Am I being unfair? But it's creepy, man. It's creepy, and it really annoys me. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. So I've been listening to the Art Garfunkel book. Right, right. how's that going? He's nuts. Oh, he's nuts. Right. It, I, I'm listening. I'm about thirty-five minutes into it. I haven't got a clue what's going on, but I want to play you one bit, and I, I've got. To, I, I've got to try. I became aware that Alan Freed. Okay. Oh, he sa- his voice, voice sounds wonderful. He sounds like Mike Nesmith now. But there's one bit in particular, and I'll try and find it. It's about eighteen minutes in. Okay, bear with me. Oh, hang on, where are we? I mustn't tell a soul that I'm doing this puzzle. A thousand pieces of Vincent van Gogh. Looks like a sower in a flat march field. It's a bit where he starts talking about him and Paul Simon in the basement. Or an April fool at sunset. What? I am with Vincent and the gorgeous madness. Riot of beauty gone over the top. Huh? Salmon purple. Lime and brown. Dusty rose and gold. Under the South Pacific, I have seen the fish at the barrier reef, their sides beyond Matisse, their vibrancy more beautiful than anything I have seen on earth. Except for Vincent. 
I want to leave this jigsaw and get on with my day. But piece by piece, I am held in awe by the fractured profusion, the jaw-dropping genius. He's talking about doing a, um, a, a jigsaw. Yeah. Use of magnificent dissonant color. So I am found in my airy, bound to the brain of the insane Dutchman of days gone by. What a great line. How we suffer sensitivity, staying in, cast in our spells, talent will out. Isn't it great? Beauty compels. Hang on, it's coming up. Having skipped a grade, we, we reached our senior year of high school, about to turn 16. Here we go. We were discouraged in our attempts to be a popular duo. At the end of the summer of 57, we met up. Paul, did you hear Hey Doll Baby over the summer? I had. We groped to remember it and sketched out an entire song. By the time we heard the real Everly tune, we saw it was quite different from our sketch. Our Hey Doll Baby was our own creation. We called it Hey School Girl and took it to Sanders Recording Studio on 7th Avenue in Manhattan to make a demo for $7. It was to be our last shot before we gave up as an act. But a man named Sidney Prozen... I wonder if there's a bit I really want to find. We could be here all night, but I thought it was around about there. Let me try here. At 12, I was in my seventh year of being a singer when Paul and I got together. We became rehearsal freaks of fine exactitude. We did our version of doo-wop, copying Dion and the Belmonts. We wrote a guy named Joe. We fused rock and roll with country rockabilly, the way Buddy Holly did. But it all took flight when Don and Phil Everly started having hits in 1956. We fell out over their sound. Every syllable of every word of every line had a shine, a great Kentucky inflection, charisma in the diction. From moment to moment, they worked the mic with star quality. The Everlies were our models. Paul and I wrote our songs together and practiced getting a tooled, very detailed accuracy of our harmony. We came together with mouths a foot apart, under a dome of very fine listening, and fashioned a sonic entity of its own. I mustn't tell a soul. There's a bit, I can't find it, it's around there somewhere, where he talks about them, um, the basement that in Paul's house that they used to rehearse in. Let me one, Indulge me one more bit, because it's around here. I want to hear him read Joel Dommett's book. Oh, Our stuff. Anybody looking for material here? Rejections came after 15 seconds of sincere heart-in-your-mouth auditions. What else you got? It was so good that Paul and I had each other. So amazing we, we had the guts to cross into their world. But that was the world of the records we loved and bought. We read the record company addresses off the labels. One guy, Morty Kraft, in 1650 Broadway, signed us and locked us away from all competition for six months. We knew that trick. With Prozen, we demanded release of our record within 90 days, and he gave it to us. That fall, at Bell Sound on 34th Street, we recorded Hey School Girl. Paul's daddy played bass on the session. It went to number 40 on the national charts, selling 150,000 copies. Suddenly, we were a something in school. We had cred. We were the guys with the record on the radio. We were Tom and Jerry. 
Someday I will write the show-off book. I'll talk about doing Hey School Girl with Paul on Dick Clark's American Bandstand in Philadelphia on Thanksgiving 1957. Jerry Lee Lewis was the other guest. I see those giant stacks of fan mail lining the studio hallways. They were sent to the dancing kids, the heartthrobs. I had my own crush watching TV after school. Now I was at the urinal just before airtime, peeing next to one of the young stars. And then that year, we were part of a stage review at the Hartford State Theater that featured Laverne Baker singing Jim Dandy to the rescue. Ten acts. We were the only whites. High school cred. Then in 1958 comes Betrayal. Oh, I can't find it. It basically, he says, and uh, in the basement, Paul and I would be with a girl each, making out, listening to records. We showed each other our own forms of masturbation. Oh, God. Mine involved a hand. And that, and you're thinking, well, hang on, well, what did Paul Simon's version of masturbation involve then? What, what was what was going on there? It's such a wonderful book. That bit there, actually, that I've played. It, that it, that's kind of it. Kind of all makes sense. After that, though, boom. well, that 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 made sense. Yeah, oh, that's the bit that makes sense. After that, it's all over the place. <laughs> wow, Art Garfunkel, eh? It's all over the place. Good evening, Daniel. Uh, hello, Ian Rokas. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Uh, where's your line for boredom? Sorry. Well, that was boring. Haven't you got a line where you close the book and stop? Um, um, no. Well, yeah, but I didn't find that boring. Oh, yeah. Anyway, going back to Kadir, he's still going to call up tomorrow, Kadir will. Okay. You know my line for boredom? It's there. Um, hey, Matt. Hello. Hello, Matt. Oh, hi, sorry, my phone cut out, just as you said my name. Oh, there we go. These, these, things, uh, these things happen. What have you got for us, Matt? Um, I was just going to annoy you by telling you that, unfortunately, and much as I hate to contradict, um, Kadir was actually right about deep polls. You can do your own. OK, but this is, Kadir, this is Kadir. I know, I know, and I'm really sorry, because it makes me sound like I'm taking sides with a complete hat stand. But, um, no, but you sound uh, like Kadir. And you're calling in from a withheld number. <laughs> I'm not calling in from a withheld number. And this is not Kadir. You sound like exactly like Kadir. I don't sound a thing like him. How dare you? You sound exactly like Kadir. I hate you so much right now. Thanks very much. Um, well, um, yeah, OK, well, you try... OK, well, then you go and talk to the DWP. You try and get power of attorney without that document that says that you have changed your name. Oh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure if he went to uh, you know, somebody official like that, especially to get power of attorney with, that, with, with a, a self-done deed pot, they'd probably tell you to go away and they'd be perfectly within their right, right. to do so. But well, exactly. Can, well, then yeah. there, well, then there you go. Yes, yes, of course I you know. can. Got, but, no, but, but, Matt, you, you're arguing against yourself. Of course you can. Ch- anyone can change their name. You just change your name. But if you want it to be official, then you need, you need to get it done properly and you need those documents. Otherwise, you can't get nothing done. Uh, we can get a passport and a driving licence with that, apparently. But anyway, um, because my, I, I only know this because my brother did it, and, um, you know, that was just a little a little thing I thought I'd mention. I don't know. I wish I hadn't. Well, no, because be- also because you, you, can't, you, ca- you can't change the name on your driving licence without either a marriage certificate or without the deed poll form. 
Um, well, yeah, well, from what I understand from what my brother did, he changed his driving licence and his passport, having changed his name by writing a deed poll and having it witnessed by two solicitors. OK, so did he have a form? I don't re- think so. I'm, but what right, I remember so he just, he he just wrote, he just phoned up the DVLA and said, I've changed my last name from Smith to Jones. Can you amend my driving licence? No, he had, to, he had to write out the form um, or type it out with certain wording that I think he got off a website, a government website. Um, which gave his, his his existing name and his current address, and then he changed. And the name I'm changing to is is the following, and then he had to get it witnessed and, and notarized. Right. Okay. So um, hang on. Suddenly you're getting witnesses and and, and getting things notarized. Well, you get a form. No, I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't the purpose for my calling in at all. It's just one of the things that came up while I was waiting. Okay, go on then. Uh, well, hang on, now Sorry. someone's telling me you can write the deed yourself, but you have to enrol the deed with the court, and that costs £36. Pounds. Um, that, oh, I don't know about that. <clears throat> um, all I'm going on is from the memory of my, my brother. Hang on, guys. Years ago. Who, right. who's, who's changed their name here? This guy, right? I know what you've got to do. Who's had to deal with all of these government agencies? And when they've said, uh, "Yeah, no, sorry, what, what, what your name is? What uh, you've got? You've got to provide them with. A, you can't just send them a little thing saying, "Yeah, I used to be called Smith, but now I'm called Jones." Okay, um, and yeah, you've done it. Uh, I'm, I was literally as I was waiting to get through, I was just um, heard the call, and I thought, "Well, uh, yes, that that doesn't that sounds like something I remember." Okay. Anyway, what did you call, what did you call in for? Oh, well, actually, because I was, I was listening to one of the catch-up podcasts oh, yes. today from a couple of nights ago, and you were doing um, quirky covers. Oh, yes, yes. And I wondered if you'd heard of a character called the Cuddles Pity Party. Puddles Pity Party. Oh, yeah, no, I have, because um, uh, Howard Kalen from The Turtles is always going on about him, and he's um, right. he's that giant clown that yeah. does really sombre versions of songs, doesn't he? Yeah, he's done a great one. The only one I'm really familiar with is um, cover of Royals by Lord. Oh, I don't, I don't. And we we'll never song. be royals, you know. I don't, I don't, one. I don't know the song. Do you know the song, Catherine? Yeah, I do, especially the way Matt sang it. And we'll never be royals, royals with that on one in our blood. That one. Hang on yeah. a second. I think he was referring to this. You see, this is so... Oh God. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies, and I'm not proud of my address. In a torn up town.
Changing the periscope, guys, so you can see the bit of skirt. Now, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Good evening, Ewan. Good evening. Hello. Hello there. Uh, well, I did pay to ring on Friday, but it was no luck. Okay. What were, what were you doing on Friday? Well, I just want, well, I did try on Thursday evening as well. I just wanted to give you an update as, as regarding all my canoeing trip. I, hey! Uh, Ewan was going canoeing. We told you to say no. Just say no to the canoe. Well, I did manage to go, but I persuaded myself not to take part. What I done was, I, yes. I, we got ready at the college and I said, just wait it so that other students don't. Don't say, oh, well, he's not doing it, so I don't want to do it. Oh, they thought you might be a bad influence, that your your um, your laziness would be contagious. Yes. So um, <sighs> I went then anyway, and then they... Because two people went in the boat, but they was not they good. They died. So, okay. Yeah, so they, oh. in the middle of the river, they jumped into another one with... Because like, two teachers went on their own, so one, one girl went in with one teacher and one went, went in with the other. So it's almost so like to, I'm there, yes. Yeah, so I had to, like, press the long rope, I had to pull this boat down the river yes. on, when I was walking up the banking. And then... Uh, yeah, when we got to a certain point, we took the boat off um, the thing and put it onto the trailer. Yes. And then I was walking down, and then, because you can have three in the boat, when you have two people over and one and sitting in the middle, and then you kept nagging, saying, yeah, are you sure you don't want to, yeah, are you sure you don't want to come in? Did you have, did you, w- 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 uh, did you have cocks? Pardon? Did you have cocks? No. No cocks? No, in a um, canoe, there's not room. Well, I, there were three people in a boat. I thought one, I thought you'd have to have cocks. A little one. No cocks at the weekend. <laughs> okay. It was on a Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Oh, kind of, th- no, it was Thursday cocks. Yeah, so I was just, they just said, so I was like, oh, go on then. So I just got in the, uh, in the middle, and then the people that was behind just were splashing us. So I sent, got on the boat, but I didn't do any wrong. I just sat there. Oh, like it, listen like to his majesty. Like... Yes, listen to his majesty here again. I'll get in the boat, <laughs> but I'm not doing any rowing. Yeah, and... Th- and they were splashing people. They was having other two people when these two boys when they go past this. Absolute And they were soaking because they they was wearing their clothes, but I was wearing the, the safety gear over my clothes. But when we got to the boat, I just took the safety gear off and I was dry as hell. But with the other people, they were soaking and they had to get changed. But it was no need for me because I was nice and dry. Dry, yeah. Nice and dry. You, so, what, 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 so what were you? What were you? They were just like wearing. Like jumpers and jeans. Uh, well, joggers, yeah, and joggers. just big jumpers. Like and what you had a cagoule uh, on? Yeah, the safety outfit with like red trousers and red things. So you looked like a pudding, <laughs> but you were yeah. dry as hell. Yeah, 
but my feet was wet because they were splashing and because I had wet no feet. trainers for college oh, and for man. Christmas. And there's nothing, there's nothing worse. There's a few, a few yeah. things. There's nothing worse than squidgy feet. Mm. And you, every time you step, no. you squidge, squidge, squidge. It's squidge. like when my youngest um, wet herself in the book department. Sorry, is that yeah. you? No, <laughs> you know my dad used to take her out. Oh yeah, for a coffee and a bun. Yeah, he, yeah. he had their coffee. Obviously. It was Starbucks. Mm. Starbucks, but it was in the bookshop. And before they went up there, they would have a look in the children's section, and they were in the children's section when uh, Little and announced that she'd done a wee wee. Hey. So my dad, being the responsible Whoop. adult. Um, got hold of her hand and they legged it. Did a runner. <laughs> I say they legged it. She squelched out the door. Oh well, you've seen the boat buns. I've just ordered myself for a treat. Um, six cupcakes for Thursday. Oh, Hang on a minute. I'm, I'm confused. Did you say you'd ordered yourself a belt and six cupcakes? Bund. No, I've ordered myself a bag of six cupcakes for Thursday as a treat. A bag. Um, no. One word I'm, I'm missing. You've ordered yourself a... Mm, a bulk. A, like a bulk, like when you buy something in a crate. Bulk. A bulk? Yeah. A bulk? Yeah. You're saying bulk? Yeah. yeah, like when you buy something, like... Instead a, of buying something on his own, you buy more than one. You buy in bulk? You buy in bulk? Yeah. But bulk... No, but if he's saying bulk, he means B-A-L-K. You say milk. I don't know. I'm not good with my... <laughs> no, no. I, it's, it, the, 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 the English language is, is such a... It, it's one of the hardest languages in the world. Yeah. Imagine, here's the thing, right? Imagine you were, um... All right, I'm going to... Imagine you were Chinese, OK? Yeah. You had to learn English. Oh. And I deliberately didn't pick, you know, like, one of the continental ones, because English comes from a lot of the continental... No. Like, yes, it does. No, it doesn't really. Yes, it more, does. More German. No, yeah, well, where is Germany? Well, yeah, but exactly. Most of the continental languages is... are Romance no, languages. No, 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 no. How big is Germany? Well, right, percentage wise, and how much of not as uh, big as France? No, no, no. Okay, but what's the population? Let's tr- let's try let's try that straw. Right. Um, I'm going to grasp that. What's the population of Germany? It's probably about a hundred million. Go on. And the population of France is probably about forty million. Mm. So it's sixty mm. percent more bigger in there. More bigger. Um, well, what's the population of the UK? None of your business. You and do you speak Welsh? Um, no. Oh. Good. No, no, it's no. a dying language. Let's I put it out of its misery. I don't speak Welsh. Good, you shouldn't. And we shouldn't speak Kerno and we shouldn't speak Greek. They're dying languages. Let's put them out of their misery. What's Kerno? Sorry? It's boring when you go to... Um, well, hang on, hang on a second. Colleagues. Catherine's about to be destroyed here. What's Kerno? Sorry? Mm? Well, what do you think Kerno is? I don't know. It's Cornish. I never heard of it before. Oh, you could? Oh, mate! Brap! 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 Totally, yeah, Kerno. They speak. It's, it's their own language. You know, you know, um, the Kerno, you know what Kernos are. No. Oh, brap, 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 Stop brapping me and educate me. Don't you join in? <laughs> if anyone wants to phone up and brap Kath, right between now and midnight, don't answer the phone, Sam. We're taking calls straight to her. Phone up and brap Kath. Go on, you and brap her. Brap, 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 Okay, he's a college student. You're you're a dad. Exactly, I'm a dad. Do that again. I know how to take part in stuff because I'm a radio DJ myself. Hey! <laughs> he knows how to take part in stuff because he's a radio DJ himself. It's like got the ideas when we done a 24-hour marathon for children. Indeed. Um, no, marathons so, yeah. are 26 miles. They're not 24 hours. 
No, we have to stay on because we are. Hang on, hang on, on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Line line one, you're through to Kath. It's the brat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's go to line two. Line two, you're through to Kath. If I recognise any of your voices, you're dead. <laughs> you, she can't see the screen, but I your, know voices. Your names are perfectly safe. I will not be revealing anybody's name that calls in. Trust me, you can trust me on that. You have complete anonymity. I will just put you through. Um, we've got we've got three minutes. Then we're going to a break, and the brap line will be closed. Um, so if you want to phone up, I promise you, I will respect your anonymity. I will not say your names. You'll just yeah. come through. Your brap cath as long as you want. Then you put the phone down. Oh three four 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 nine nine one. Ask yourself, are you feeling lucky? There we go. Line one, you're through to cath. Brap 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 brap. Right, that's dumb. <laughs> I'm taking uh, names. I'm taking names. Uh, line two, you're on the wireless. You're through to cath. Let's go to Siege. Um, let's, go, let's go to Anonymous. Hello, Anonymous. CJ? Well, I, that may have been my fault. Right? Well, that's you and doing it again. You and you, I mean, you are dead, mate. You and whose army? Doesn't need an army. Um, well, you and, um, can I just say, you and shame on you as a young man um, for encouraging bullying on the radio. Yeah, I'm uh, you mostly. Yeah, you and joining in. Yeah, exactly, you and you're bang out of order, mate. She's a good mate of mine. So are you tutting? Oh. Are you tutting? Oh, <laughs> if you want to phone up and tut Ewan for encouraging bullying, so we're only no. taking calls now of people phoning up and tutting Ewan. Hello, um, caller. I just want to say it's almost. Jesus <laughs> That's Spooky Lou. <laughs> Line two, you're through to you, and do you want to tut him? Bruh. Okay, that's another brat. We're, we're, we're really desperate to try They're and move. are never going to move on. We've got a minute and 20 Someone, seconds. Come on, out there, you must scare me. Keith, you're th- uh, anonymous, you're through to you, and. I'm robbing my. Okay, Keith, that, that was, I know that was you. That was Keith, and I'm going to say that because he should have been tutting. Keith, he was shouldn't he should have been tutting you and the He's bully. He's going to be rubbing his ribs on his own. Line oh, two, no. you're through to you and. <laughs> line line, uh, line one, you're through to you and. <laughs> okay, that's not tutting. That's not it. Line two, you're through to you and. That, that was that, that was Sanjay. Sanjay. Um, this one's Hannah. Just write this one down. Okay. Uh, hello, uh, anonymous line one. You're through to you and. Okay. Um, uh, and and finally, line four. You're through to you and. <laughs> there we go. You and I hope I hope you feel um, I hope you've learnt your lesson. Yeah. There we go. Well, that, that, I'm glad that ended on a happy note. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you I'm talk. I'm David Babcock and I got my willy stuck in the hoover. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field. Though. 
just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for a living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building Spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuff. Eastwood looks so fine Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Normal service resumes. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. Um, don't forget, you can download the Talk uh, the Ian Lee Late Night Alternative podcast on iTunes or your usual podcast provider. Can you do me a favour as well? Um, if you follow Talk Radio on Twitter at Talk Radio, or if you go to the Facebook page, talk Facebook dot com slash Talk Radio UK, um, we've got these fancy ca- fancy pants cameras in the studio now, and um, they take these little two minute, one minute, thirty two minute clips of the show that we suggest we, that we think will be funny or entertaining or informative. Um, and they get uploaded onto Twitter and they also get uploaded onto facebook.com slash talkradiouk. It really does me a great favour if um, you watch those clips and if you retweet them or you share them. Um, because this is a business that is driven by numbers. And the higher the numbers are for those clips, um, just, you know, the, the more secure it kind of makes things. Uh, listen, I ain't going to lose my job. I've just signed on for another two years. But. All of this stuff is bankable. So if, and I know I'm retweeting a lot of these at the moment. It's just because I really just want them to kind of be seen. So if you see me retweeting them, if you watch them, if you enjoy them, if you want to retweet them or if you want to uh, uh, share them on Facebook, that would be great. I would appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, and thanks to everyone who came to um, the Bear Club in Luton on s- 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 Saturday. It was nice. It was a good old night. We had a good night. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, although, thank you. Oh, are they both for me? Yeah. Hey, uh, bah, bah, bah. Um, although I did get called out by an audience member for being rude to someone in a restaurant. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Um, I was, my behaviour was, was inappropriate. My, my behaviour was, no, 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 my behaviour, we went into a restaurant, Catherine and I, um, and there were some people there who'd come to see our show, and the restaurant was empty, and the woman said, I'm sorry, uh, we're, we're, we're booked, we're full. Yeah, in a no virtually spaces. empty. No, she said we're full. Yeah, okay, but but here's the thing. So right? we thought she was joking at first, and yeah. then we realised she wasn't. No, but here's the thing. I think I think our your our anger was was misplaced. I do think it was misplaced um, because um, uh, English was not her first language. She was Italian. Um, and You're assuming. Well, she had a really strong Italian accent. You think she grew up in Italy speaking English as her first language? She only said two words. I don't know if we could say she was Italian. She had a really strong Italian accent. Okay. 
Um, and then apparently, ten minutes after we left, the place got full because it had all been booked. And but as as we left, we, as we left, I went something like "Oh effing hell" or oh, "F sex" quite loudly, and then we we, we stormed off. And an audience member, embarrassingly for me, um, was was the one of the, the people that was in this this restaurant, and she called me out rightfully so. Um, so uh, I phoned up the restaurant that evening when I got to my car. I phoned up the restaurant and I spoke to the woman. Um, and I apologised. Now, here's the thing, right? She hadn't heard what I'd said, OK? So here's a, here's a philosophical question. If she hadn't heard what I'd said, is, 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 uh, if a tree falls, what do, do other trees care in a forest? So if she hadn't heard what I said, had I been rude to her? No. Even though I'd... Well, I'd, I'd sworn, and the the swearing was... Although it was, was, it wasn't directed at her. It was about the situation. No, it was directed at her. Oh, I don't think so. Well, you didn't say effing well, awful no, well, woman. Well, or hang anything. on a minute. I I know my intention. So okay. yes, my intention was it was was to express anger at her, but she hadn't heard it. So here's here's a philosophical question for you guys. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Does she owe me an apology? Because I apologised to her. I think actually she embarrassed us. Who the, the yeah no again I don't looking back on it I don't think she did I think she did tell me why you think she did because we walked in right from our perspective we walked into a virtually empty restaurant yeah everyone was listening to the conversation as we walked in because it was right at the front of the, of the restaurant and they were like we yeah. were the only people in there talking yeah so we walk into an, an empty restaurant and we say oh hello table all smiles table for two have you got a table for two please yes, yes. and she's all she said was we're full yeah. She didn't say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're about to get a big yeah. party. There was no explanation. We're full. So we kind of did that thing where you pause and think, is this a joke? Yeah. And she didn't say anything else. She just sort of left us standing there. Yeah. And we worked out for ourselves. And I think that part of no, that... she said it again. She said it a second well, time. We're full. And then we went, oh, she's not joking. But we had to work that out for ourselves. I think we were embarrassed. And this is it. I think we were embarrassed. I think my anger came from embarrassment. Yeah, because everyone was looking at us. Well, everyone. There were three... Four people were looking at us. There were three people in the, in the restaurant. There were the two that came to the show and there was one guy. Mm -hmm. And that was it. But it was embarrassing. And that's where the anger came from, uh, from embarrassment. Um... Anyway, so it, you know what? It's kind of a small thing, and I phoned her up, and I was—I'm glad I phoned her up, you know—and I—and uh, this is one of the things I learn as I get older: is if I make—if I do things that leave me uncomfortable, at the end of the day, I, sh I don't do it. But it's—it's it's suggested that you take like an inventory and you look at everything that's happened in the day, and you think, "Where? Okay, what did I do yeah. that was good? What did I do that was not good? What was my part in it? Was it?" Um, and had I—I took inventory around that, and actually, I felt uncomfortable about the way I behaved. So I phoned her up. And I said, look, and it was the same lady. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. We, I came in earlier on and, and I just didn't think that, you know, some of the language I used was inappropriate and I just wanted to apologise. And she kind of brushed the apology aside and she said, oh, well, she said in broken English, um, between six and eight, we get really busy. And I said, OK, fine. Well, I, I just shouldn't have, you know, expressed myself the way that I did. And that's that, right? And it's a small kind of, you know, it's a small thing in the, in the world, in the universe. It's a tiny little incident that was that was done right. But then I mentioned it on Twitter. Oh, God. I saw that. The, the sanctimonious... Um, uh, 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 perfect people on Twitter. So I, so I tweeted because I was, uh, I was also embarrassed 
when the audience member called me out in the show and I felt embarrassment and I felt shame around it, okay? Uh, and it kind of, uh, I allowed it to throw me off. I think the whole the whole evening I was looking at this woman thinking, is she laughing? Does she like me? Does she hate me? Um, and, and that's my issue. That's not her issue. That's my issue. So I tweeted something like, an audience member has rightfully called me out for being rude in a restaurant um, uh, and, I sh- and I shouldn't have done it. Um and I didn't say exactly what I'd done. So everyone assumed I'd been rude to a waiter. Yeah, or exactly. Everyone made assumptions. And loads of people said, get over it. Loads of people said, oh, you're an idiot. Stop whinging. But quite a few people said, I'm so disappointed in you, Ian. Someone did say, the, I used to like you in the jungle, but now I don't like you anymore. Um, and and so that, that happened kind of, I tweeted that, I guess, maybe about... Half about nine o'clock, and then I tweeted at about eleven o'clock, ten past eleven. I phoned up. Um, I've just phoned up and I've apologised, and it's fine, and I'm and I'm really embarrassed. And and, and every and I was saying, you know, I'm, I said twice and two different things. I'm really grateful that this audience member has called me out because it's something I should be picked up on. Um, but even so, I, so even after I'd apologised, people were still having a go at me, right? Um, and, and most people wouldn't have apologised. I can only look, go by my standards, so I did. But so I, I, I tweeted something like, "Phoned, apologised, let's move on." And then some guy tweeted, "How about phoned, apologised, won't do it again, let's move on." And I just thought, "Excuse me, what, what, what is this? Why is it?" And there were quite a few. I had to block quite a few people who were being so judgmental over the fact that I'd. Had, and this is here's the thing. Here's my excuse. Let me give you my excuse. Right, I still felt ill from this stomach bug. So I was kind of, uh, I was short, you know, I was, I was short of temper. Um, it had been a stressful day in my family life, you know, with everything that was going on. Um, I was nervous about doing it. So there's lots of, lots of reasons, OK? It doesn't justify rudeness. Of course it doesn't. But there, I had lots of reasons as to why I was not in the, the, the best place. And I think walking out of a place and, and saying the F word that wasn't actually even heard... It can't have been that loud. People do a lot worse than that. But the people on Twitter, and again, it was a a small percentage, but I would say, I would say it was a significant percentage. I would say it was about 8 to 10% of the tweets I was getting were um, really, really, even after I'd I'd said I'd apologised, were really having a go at me. Ironically, angry with you for being angry at a stranger. Yeah. Angry at a stranger... I mean, and not knowing the situation. Now, I think if you'd have been out of order, I don't think you were out of order. I think it was a really, I think it was an obvious misunderstanding. And um, yeah. and it could have been explained better to us. And it was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It was embarrassing. I and I didn't see it that as you swore at her. You swore under your breath as we left. I did, it wasn't under my breath. Well, you weren't directing it. You didn't say, no. you didn't shout in her face, no, which correct, is like, what, what people were seeing it yes. as on Twitter. Correct. And I would have said to you, I would have been embarrassed if that's a, yeah. the situation that would happen. I don't yeah. like that kind of stuff in restaurants. But, I had, but I, had to, I had to check my own behaviour yeah. and I was unhappy with Fair it. Fair enough. And I was unhappy with it. And you did the right thing to address it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, but I was so surprised by um, people on Twitter... I just hang on, think about that sentence. No, I know, but they were really laying into me over. It's not like. Imagine if I'd, um, What's you that? know, used the N word or or got caught, you know, making love to a, a a woman dressed up as as Hitler or you know. She if, dressed up as Hitler, or you? We're both dressed up as Hitler. Wow. 
But imagine the furore around around that. I mean, that it, all I did was walk out of a restaurant and go, oh, F in hell. And flipping heck, the Twitterati were, were at my... Th- it was incredible. They're waiting for outrage, though, aren't they, some people? They are. And I think some people are also waiting for the um, uh, tragic comic yeah. to, uh, to, to stumble. Also, it has to be said, 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, wine time. Yeah. It was a Sunday night, wasn't it? It was Sunday, not Saturday. Why did I... S- no, it was... Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Well, double it? wine time. Yeah, it was Saturday. And I just, and these, these, all these sanctimonious people really have. A, I don't know what sanctimonious means actually. I've said it, but they're all just, just having sort of holy than now. And there were, you know, and then there were people like going off and having their little argument, uh, their own arguments. And uh, oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. Like, but um, then someone said, "Phone her up and get her on the show." Well, no, because then it becomes a thing. You know, no, no, no. It's not. This is just a small thing. So basically, Twitter, you can get stuffed. 0344 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio. The switchboard is empty. You can give us a call about anything. Uh, I'm going to talk about a wonderful film I saw last night and then we'll look in the papers. How does that sound? This is Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344. Four nine nine one thousand. Quite on the phone tonight, but that's all right. It always is a little bit weird when we've had a guest for the, the, the first part of the show. Um, um, so I watched the film yesterday, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to have watched it. I'm not sure where we're supposed to what what what, what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is at the moment um, with people being called out as. Um, um, uh, I don't even know what the term is. I'm going to say sex offenders, but that sounds a little bit jokey. Mm. I watched the new James Franco film. Right, OK. The Disaster Artist, right? Scarlett uh, Johansson called him out again yesterday, didn't she? Well, I don't... This is it. I don't, I don't know where we are, and I don't know what the rules are, and um, I don't... I don't know. I just... I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a... a, a um, um, an interesting... I'm going to say a word that might sound misplaced but i i kind of mean it in the true sense exciting time you know in as much as it's exciting on one level that all these stories are breaking but also it's exciting because we could potentially um be on the cusp of a breakthrough in behavior and attitudes okay i suspect we're not and i suspect that that not much will change but potentially we are you know, with the Me Too and, and the Harvey Weinstein being called out and Kevin Spacey being called out and all of these, these people being called out. Um, and The Disaster Artist is the James Franco film and um, about Tommy Wiseau, who is this, this nut job that made this awful movie called The Room. Uh, and it's about that. And I watched it. And I really, really enjoyed it. It's a really good film. I've not seen The Room. I'm aware of it. Um, you don't need to have seen it to enjoy the film. It's a great film. Um, James Franco... I like I, I like James Franco as an actor, but he, he he doesn't really act. No, he plays degrees of uh, of James Franco of nutty. Yeah, and and in this he's doing you know the reason he's winning all these awards is because he's doing a funny accent. Um, he's got long hair. Um, and, and, and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Okay, but I don't I don't know I don't know I don't even know how to phrase this into a question. I don't know what the rules are mm-hmm. at the moment. I don't know what the rules are. Um, am I allowed to watch the film? Am I allowed to enjoy the film? I watched Baby Driver on the way over to Australia. 
Um, and my thinking, I did when I watched Baby Driver, I kind of came up with a thing that kind of worked for me. Um, and I wonder if it appeals to uh, uh, if it fits um, the disaster artist as well. Um, the, the, the film is so much different from a record. For example, Gary Glitter's records, it's primarily Gary Glitter on those records. There are other people involved. The, the real genius behind Gary Glitter, of course, was Mike Leander, and the Glitter Band were playing on some of them. And blah, 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 blah. But it's primarily that person you're investing in, the, the, the name on there. With a movie, um, not only is there a cast that can be, you know, could be 100 people... But there's going to be at least 150 people that worked on the film as, you know, as uh, riggers and lighting and, and uh, sound and cameras and dollies and all of these things. So you, you're talking about 200, 350 people that, um, that, that, that invested, you know, a film can take a year to make, that have invested a year of their lives into it. And so to then then dismiss that film outright and say, well, you can't watch it, mm. that denies those 350 other people of their craft being recognised. But... Yeah, go on. Giving that film your patronage... Yeah. ..is giving power to the person who abused that power. Yes, yeah, 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 I get that. Um, that's what he's accused of. I mean, I've looked at some of the allegations against him, which were um, telling young actresses they were going to be in a film and then yeah. putting pressure on them to go topless yeah, yeah, yeah. or um, saying that they were going to do a scene, an orgy scene, and they would have their genitals covered and then pulling the covers off. Right, OK, OK. And putting them in a position yeah. while the cameras were rolling that where they felt they couldn't push him away. Isn't that interesting? Because there's a scene in this film... Where the character, his Tommy Wiseau, before does that, right? Does pretty much that, right? Um, and and I having... think also he's put himself in this position because he stood up with a flipping Times Up pin on, like a yeah, champion yeah. of the women. Yeah. And so you know, rightfully, people who feel that they were put into a position by him, yeah, in his position of power, he abused the power. They're going to say something, aren't they? Okay. Um... Interestingly, he's kind of saying, "I don't remember that, but I, I am accountable for what I've done." Okay. Does that mean we can't watch the film? I think it's really interesting what he does next. Alfred Hitchcock, of course, has been accused mm. of all kinds of horrendous things. Uh, 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 what's the woman's name? Tippy Tippy uh, Hedron. Tippy Hedron accused him of all kinds of hideous things. Yeah. So, do we not watch the birds? Don't like the birds anyway. Um, let me think well, he's not alive one. anymore, is he? So, so is that the criterion then? The criteria that if they're dead, you can watch it. How, what? Isn't it about if you're putting more power, giving more power to someone? So we can't, and I'm just, I'm, I don't know. When, I don't believe in no. not watching, you know, it's down to your own conscience whether you want to watch it. I can't in, for example, I, and I know that stuff's not been proven, I can't listen to Michael Jackson stuff anymore. Because I just, that's, that's what comes into my mind, it spoilt it for me. Um, but so are we say are we saying? And I know we're just we're just kicking ideas around here. If you want to join in, by the way, Jamie and Kasif, stay there in the country in a bit. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We we can't watch the disaster artist until James Franco is dead. No, but, no, but but then does but then or until he owns what he's, what's happened. He's owning enough though. He's, he's Let's owning see how enough. he does it. Well. Is owning enough? If he's committed something that sounds like sexual assault of some kind, then surely he has to f face potential legal 
ramifications. I'm, I'm coming out and saying, OK, yeah, I did that and it was bad. Mm. That's not enough, is it? I, 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 part of me thinks it's not just him, right? And that doesn't make it any better, but there is an environment. He's, he's been brought into an environment where it feels that he's safe to do that sort of stuff. So the whole industry needs to look at itself. And he's been made an example of, isn't he? Yeah. Do we as punters need to do anything? No, I don't think so. I think right. professionally, it's that's what the, where the repercussions are going to be. OK. Um, Gary Oldman. Right. What's Gary Oldman? Well, Gary Oldman, you know, he's winning loads of awards yeah. for Churchill. His wife has come out and accused him um, of hitting her. Right. So what do we do with that information? <clears throat> Which is awful. Yeah. If true. Yeah, we don't know it's true. We don't know. I've got no and we don't idea. know it's not true. No. It's not the same thing, is it? Because it, this isn't about him abusing his power professionally. So you would draw a distinction between using your power, your 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 influence in your profession. I just think the time's and up. Thing using and and he's still. If it, let's use a fictional person, mm-hmm. okay? So a fictional actor, John Smith, um, is you know is is been making movies, but he's also um, a wife beater for right. want of a phrase. You, you can just draw a distinction between no, those I'm, two. No, I'm not I'm saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the Time's Up thing is about yeah, that, yeah. that toxic atmosphere inside a particular industry. I thought the Time's Up thing was, was, was about that, but also about attitudes to women in general as well. I think it's more of a professional thing. It's probably getting bigger that way. I thought it but was... But I know Time's Up, because these actresses have put money towards... Um, yeah. Um, having some sort of fighting fund for women who were abused at work. OK, OK. So, like, farm workers and stuff like this. But it's gone out beyond the movie and theatre industry. Because now. a lot of people have been arguing that um, Johnny Depp shouldn't be employed anymore because he has been accused of being physical mm. with female partners yeah. in relationships. So I think, um, personally, I think... That, that to, to have it in place, and we're talking in black and white when it's not, it's grey and it's colours and it's all different kinds of things. We're, we're talking in black and white. But having it in uh, um, uh, a system... What's the word I'm trying to find? Having sanctions in place for people who abuse their position but in, 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 in work but not their position in their private life, I think that doesn't... The, the, the two don't sit together. Mm. Feels a bit hypocritical, I think. I think the effect will be the same, won't it? What do you mean? Well, in that now we, you know, people will make judgments and this is a kind of really heady atmosphere of people taking... Women in particular taking a stand, I don't know. Yes. I don't know, it's just... it's. I, I, I really enjoyed The Disaster Artist and I don't know where that how that sits with me ethically. I don't know, you know. I, I enjoyed it because it was a good film. Um, James Franco's in one of my favourite TV programmes, Freaks and Geeks, you know. Yeah, I liked but, him too. But, but, does that... I don't know. But then again, a lot of this stuff has not been proven. No. You know, I think there's a danger that... There's a danger that people are, you know, being 
being branded as something where they have no way to defend themselves. If they say they didn't do it, no one believes them. If they say they might have done it, people think, oh, he did it then. It's all right, old pickle, isn't it? It's, it's, it's we'll a do, strange we'll, thing. We'll take a break and then we'll go to the calls. 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. Righty-ho. Let's, um, 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Um, I'm having great trouble with my um, charges. I just bought a new charger for the phone and I don't think it's connecting properly. It really is... Um... Oh, yes, it has connected. OK. Let's go to Jamie. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening. How are you? Good, thanks, Jamie. Hot. It's hot in here tonight and I'm wearing a thick shirt. I don't normally wear a thick shirt, but it's a new shirt and I thought I'd wear it and I like it. Strip. Sorry? Oh. Strip. Dirty boy. Yes. I just want to say I enjoyed um, the show, The Bear Club, the other night. I was watching it on Periscope. And... Does it? OK, um, for this, so this is the, the uh, podcast that me and Catherine do, The Rabbit Hole, and um, we stream them on Periscope, and we're doing two this weekend, one uh, Saturday night in Dublin and one Sunday night in Belfast. Um, does it work watching it? On, is it fun watching it on Periscope? Yeah, it is. I joined him in the chat and then I called you as well. Oh, nice one! Because I always wonder what people and we 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 were getting we were hitting about two hundred two hundred fifty people for most of the 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 show. And it's you know it's a two hour show. Um, so uh, we're, well, we're glad that you enjoyed it. I'm not. What what why what did you get out of it though? What, I mean, can you hear everything um, and you hear the audience? And I could stuff? hear I could hear it all perfectly, and it was all really relaxed. And usually when I ring your show, I'm a bit nervous, but yeah. tonight it seemed all the more relaxed and a smaller audience. So when I called in, I do just. Went went better, I think. Well, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you um, you felt more comfortable, and we recommend everyone yeah. calls in on Saturday night and Sunday night. Was well, there weren't many calls, but they were all quality. I think we had a flurry yeah. actually. I think we had more calls than we've had before. No, I, I, felt I, was, busy. I was the poo guy. By the way, sorry, I was the poo guy. Mm. Who was the poo guy? Um, Warren, I rang up asking for your help. I can't remember. Oh, because he'd done a poo in someone's oh. um, personal toilet. In your dress. In your... That was a good one. That actually was a good one. <laughs> made me laugh anyway. It made me laugh. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't very funny. It was know. hilarious. <laughs> Didn't see it coming at all. Oh, Joel Domit's got my key card. He's got my fob. <laughs> he tried to nick my oh. pen. He's nicked my fob. <laughs> He's going to have to come back then. He's got my fob. Oh, hang on. I've seen him tomorrow. I'll get it tomorrow at the NTAs. There we go. <laughs> Time to put it in his burgundy jacket pocket. What an absolute ponce. At the NTAs, look at you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to out. the National Television Awards. Game out, hey, this guy. Well deserved. Well deserved. I've not done anything. All I did was cry in the jungle and get paid tens of thousands of pounds. I'm going to go to a award so ceremony. How many people weren't going to watch that programme and watch it because of you? 26. Well, I'm one of them, so... Yeah, I'm one. Oh, and did you see... You got to see um, the guy tossing the coins as well, didn't you? He was very good, wasn't he? Gary was great. Oh, he was so nervous, bless him, and he still managed it. Yeah, well, he didn't manage 20. Did he charge for selfies? Um, he what? charged for selfies, yes. Yeah, but we made, um, we, I made um, over £50 with uh, sellotape selfies. You're joking. Yeah, seriously, £2.50 a pop. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's the, it's the times we're living in. 
I can't believe that. Jamie, believe it. Believe Let's it. Let's go to Kasif. Good evening, Kasif. Uh, hello, Ian. Uh, just a couple of things I want to talk about. Are you going to... Uh, are you... Will I hear you on LBC? Uh, yes, you did, Ian. Uh, yeah. Will I hear you again on LBC this evening? Doing the same conversation? No. I, I don't know. I, I heard Kadir on there, so I thought I'll just come on there as well then. Because he, and I mean, there was a topic. Always, I heard. Because imagine this—the nightmare of driving home on Friday night, and I heard Kasif and Kadir on LBC. Right, you know, we're a tag team. We're a tag team. Double K. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, with a double K tag team of just two of the weirdest callers. But also, can I ask a question, Mike? Because I do find it weird, and there are there are some callers. Um, because I listen to a lot of radio, Kasif. I listen to talk radio and LBC and Five Live and BBC London and loads of different stations. I like phone-in shows, right? And there are a, a handful of callers that will... I never forget once, there's a really boring caller. It doesn't phone me. I can't think of his name. It doesn't... Ken really from me. the Highlands. No, no, he don't phone me. No, he doesn't phone this station. But he's a really boring caller, really boring. He phones up and makes really boring points that he thinks everyone's going to be interested in. Really pompous. And I heard him on BBC London making this really boring point. And then I turned over to LBC 20 minutes later, and he was on there yes, as well. But here's, he the th- here's the thing, right? He's got a pl- I think he was calling from Las Vegas. He's got a place in Las Vegas. So he was calling two Lon- local London radio stations from Las Vegas, within 30 minutes of each other. I'm thinking, why don't you go and read a book? Go out for a walk? You're going to the desert. Go and do something. What are you phoning up these Muppets for? He he must be barred from all the local radio shows in America. Well, maybe. Well, but he's English. He's English, and he's got a Well, as you know, I've got a place in uh, England and a place in uh, Las Vegas, and, of course, you know, I'm I'm still phoning up to talk about Brexit. Brexit about Brexit from Las Vegas! Don't get stuffed! But what a soulless place Vegas is. Vegas is awful. I mean, it's... It's like Blackpool with a bit more money. Um, it is... Although Blackpool's got character. Yeah, and, and, and uh, yeah, it's it's horrendous, uh, Vegas. Um, so what I want to know is, Kasif, what do you... And this isn't an arch question. It's a genuine... I'm genuinely interested. What do you get out of calling up a radio station? Yes, well, Ian, it's quite simple. I mean, you watch TV and you can't interact with it. You can't call in, you can't give your points and you can't make it, like, respond to you. But with the radio show, can talk to you, you can answer questions. I mean, that particular question was about Boris Johnson, who, as you probably heard, I referred to as a clown, because he's a clown, quite simply. He's like a bee with a dictionary. He'll buzz around, he'll say a few words. A bee and, uh, with a dictionary? So who sorted the dictionary? Uh, during the election, he called Corbyn some weird word. I can't remember now what okay, it was. But, but, but we're, we're, we're in danger of veering off into a topic. Can we just bring you back to the the formlessness of of this show? What do you? Why do you want to share your views on a phone in radio show? What do you? What? 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 How does it make you feel? What does it make me? No, I mean, because uh, with TV, you, you get angry and you like. Forget you TV. I don't want a comparison. Point. I don't want a comparison with TV. Why do you feel compelled to phone this radio station and others and share your points of view? 
I mean, with you, Ian, you're quite relaxed. You're quite chilled out, and uh, like I'm no, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to know about my. Forget me. Stop looking externally. Look internally. Why do you feel the need to express your views on a phone-in radio show? I mean, the the, the major topic I'm phoning about is politics or Brexit. I don't, I mean, don't want to talk, Brexit, I don't talk about... I was, uh, yeah, I know you talk about Brexit and about Boris Johnson being a bee with a dictionary and all of that stuff, but why do you feel you have to share your views on a phone-in radio show? I mean, I've shared my view in the past with other people and they were giving me so it just that basically uh, sometimes if, no, if somebody makes a point that I think I will call in but if nobody has made that particular <laughs> point then I feel the need but, to call but in but why do you feel that we're going to get there why do you feel the need to call in why do you think okay here's the question and I've been trying to avoid it because it sounds rude but I'm going to ask it why do you think anyone cares what you've got to say about things uh, it's quite simple. I mean, like I said, I've, I've spoken before in the past and uh, about Brexit in the local area, and people cared what I had to say. So, I mean, I'm just continuing that, really. OK. Well, that's brilliant, Kasif. Thanks very much for your call. 0344 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. That started about 12.34, but you get a nice two-minute bit out of that and finish with me cutting them off. Uh, the moral of that one is he doesn't care if anyone cares what he's got to say. He just needs to say it. And that's great. And that's kind of the bread and butter. Um, that brings out the bread. That, you know, that's the bread and butter of, of, of a lot of phone-in shows. It's not the bread and butter of this phone-in show. Um, people phoning up with, with opinions on the news. Um, well, yeah, to a certain extent it could be. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the phone number. Let's try this one. My phone's gone a bit funny. Line two, you're on the wireless. Oh, you've gone. Um, oh, there's a great story in the sun. There's a great story in the sun. Where is it? Where's page 27 gone? All gone ding dong for teen bell ringer. Huh. A teenage bell ringer was ya- If this doesn't, I've not read this story. If this doesn't have the phrase bell end in, and I'm going to be very disappointed. A teenage bell ringer was yanked 40 feet into the belfry by ropes he got tangled in and had to be rescued by firemen. Are you all right? Fellow ringers watched helplessly as the 17-year-old lad soared up into the mechanism and got trapped. <gasps> Helplessly, how far, with laughter. How fast was he going? If if I see a seventeen-year-old boy start rising in front of me, I'm going to reach out. I'm at least going to grab a foot. But imagine you got up. Imagine you got pulled off. They rushed up the spiral sta- staircase and phoned for an ambulance after finding him with ankle and shoulder injuries. Ooh. He went all the way up. No one filmed it. Paramedics were unable to stretch him down because the steps were too narrow, so they called for a fire crew. A a brigade spokesman said, the casualty needed to be lowered over 40 feet to the floor using a rope rescue system. 
the unnamed teen had been practising ringing one of the ten bells at 1,000-year-old St Helen's Church in Abingdon, Oxfordshire. He was taken to hospital. Brian Reid, the tower captain, said, It's a very rare occurrence, but it can happen. Like any activity, it cannot be 100% safe. <laughs> Doing, like, word searches is 100% safe, isn't it? Isn't well, it? Well, some of those pencils, you can get lead poisoning. What's the point of word searches? I mean, for anyone above the age of nine, yeah. what is the point of a word search? Yet yeah, you get old people will go and buy word search books in WH Smith's at King's Cross Station. I used to love a word search when I was a kid. When you're a kid? Oh, it's great. Oh, it's, it's great. And my eight-year-old loves a word search. Absolutely loves it. But an adult? I don't... I, 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 I don't understand uh, Sudoku either. Oh, no. Number squares. No, I don't... No. I, I mean, that's just... Um... I don't really get the jigsaw thing, but I know some cool people do it. Well, Art Garfunkel does. Well, also, that um, Karen from Will and Grace and her cool husband. They're really cool and they do it. Um... Really? Mm. Um, What's he called? They're they're both they're the coolest couple. They've got no kids, so they seem to really um, enjoy each other's company. I don't know, but I know his art golf uncle talking about um, jigsaws. Oh, so dramatic! There's <laughs> hardly a play without it. Is it all perception? Is it a name for unfilled expectation? Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one. Nick 000. Offerman. Sorry. Nick Offerman. What about him? He's married to Megan Mullally. Oh, they have the best time. I've got no idea what you're talking about now. Jigsaw couple. Hey. Um, I know I get jigsaws. I get jigsaws. I can explain the psychology behind jigsaws. You start with a mess. right? No one likes a mess. Everyone likes to tidy up. Um, and you start with a mess and then you tidy it up. Into, to, it's, it's a great sense of satisfaction. And I'll tell you where I got that from. I interviewed years ago Alexei Pajitnov. Do you know who he is? No. Oh, so Kerno, by the way. So Kerno is is, is is Cornish for Cornwall, and Kerno, the Kernos, you, quite often if you drive down Cornwall, you'll see um, a flag, black flag with a, with, and it says Kerno, and that, that they 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 want independence. Right. And they've got their own language. Yeah. Do you know that um, they can understand the Basques? Yeah. And um, some parts of Russia. Yeah, of course. Because it's, yeah. it's a Celtic language. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Didn't know it's called Kerno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm a, a mine of information, informazione. Mm. Um, what was I talking about before that? Oh, yeah. Jeez. So Alex, Alexei Pajitnov. Yes. You know who he is? No. He invented Tetris. Oh. And I asked him, why do you think Tetris is so successful? Because it was a phenomenon, right? It was a phenomenon. Massive. Millions of dollars. And um, it, it was partly responsible uh, for um, uh, bringing down the, the communist regime. Loads, it was a huge game, right? Huge game. And I said, why do you think it was so successful? And he, he um, uh, said, I've, I've thought about this a lot. And those you know, Tetris is, is, is things, shapes falling down. You've got to flip the shapes around and make lines and then it... And he said, um, no one likes looking at their mistakes. Right. No one likes to look at a mess and no one likes to look at their mistakes. So you play Tetris to t- try and clear up your mistakes and of course you always get caught out at some point you're always going to lose yeah and so that's why people keep going back because they want to clear up their mistakes um and i think that's what the, the similar reasoning behind jigsaws is it's it, you, you are presented with a mess uh-huh. and you uh, can you can make this mess into something beautiful and i i, I 
if I were to seriously, seriously get into competitive jigsaws, I would wipe the floor. That reminds me. Right, that's going on the um, list of true Olympics. All right. So, so far, the true Olympics are going to be coin on the elbow toss, jigsaws. Doing spitballs. No. That's stupid. That's Americanism. That's, we've, got, we've got two sports. Um, oh, we've got loads of calls. Let's take a quick break. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Evening, Danny. Uh, good evening, Ian. How do you do? I'm, I do very well, Danny. How do you do? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Just enjoying the show this evening. Thank you. Um, so, what you got for us? Do some work. I uh, just wanted to touch on the restaurant topic. Um, oh, yeah, so I don't really think you should be. Uh, I don't really think you should be feeling too bad with yourself if you had a bit of a rough day. Oh, I don't. Um, I, don't I don't. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't. But everyone on Twitter, a significant number of people on Twitter, were telling me I should have felt bad about myself. Ah, uh, yeah. Just well, there's always going to be kind of antagonists out there who are out to get you for for what they can, I suppose. But really, I mean, if 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 the Major D who who's kind of greeted you has been a bit short with you and just said we're full mm. on two separate occasions, like the, the, in in the trade, you kind of you're taught to be able to read people. Um, it, it, kind of at a split second and and very much to put the customer first and, and be as polite as possible. Well, I don't... Listen, Almost I don't think... Like... Listen, it was a small family-run Italian restaurant. It was an old Italian woman. I, d- I don't think, in hindsight, that she was being rude. I think I uh, took her brusqueness as rudeness, but also I felt, felt em- I felt embarrassed for some reason, and that's what got me angry. I, I you know, I just, I just think it was... I think it was a misunderstanding... Yeah, totally. I can I, I, obviously if, if she's kind of under uh, undermined you per se, it's uh, it, it's not particularly nice. A, a little bit more of an explanation would have oh, been, you, you know, forthcoming. I think. Yes. Are you? Did but, you say um, that you're a maitre d, Danny? Uh, no, I've worked. I've worked in the restaurant t- uh, okay. trade uh, in in the past. Uh, I, I, I've, I've moved on from that. Uh, do you do you get uh, maitre d's anymore? That seems like a very old fashioned concept. The person, the the concept of the person who is kind of overseeing the tables and greet the greets people and and checks their names if they've reserved and if not looks at his little map of tables to see when people are leaving and coming and that that seems a very old fashioned concept. Um, well, it, it tends really to be the job of a, a restaurant manager or somebody in a, in a managerial position. So you kind of, you know the bookings, you're on the door to greet guests, especially VIPs. And then, then it's, it's a point of touching tables and, and, and really just making sure that you're fulfilling the guests' expectations. Uh, you know, everybody has a different, a different way that they like to be served, per se. So yep. it, it, it is really all about judging a customer. Um, at the end of the day, you get a you get a feel for it over time. So if people want to be left alone, you know, you, you you're a little standoffish. But you know, some people really do like to be doted upon. Um, I do I, I do kind of uh, I, I suppose it's kind of site specific. Um, yeah. You know, you, you you go with expectations um, and you, you kind of you, you set a benchmark standard. And you know, um, when I was working in the trade, we. We used to think sometimes people's expectations were so far, you know, far beyond the, the realism of what we could actually do that uh, that it, they were just out to to get something for nothing. 
Uh, Danny, thank you very much uh, for that. In response to what I was saying about um, people phoning in with their opinions and stuff, um, uh, where has it gone? It's, it's, it's a really good point from Kyle. Let me find it. It's, it's on Twitter. My Twitter's gone... Um, hang on a minute. Where is it? Uh, I can't find it. But basically, he says, well, are you saying there's no point in phoning radio shows? Yeah, I guess I am. There, there is no point in phoning radio shows. There is very little point. Uh, a little bit of comfort to the lonely, or company to the lonely, um, a little bit of entertainment. But really, there's no point to them. Nothing I, gets changed because of them. I think the thing we're curious about is why someone would ring multiple radio stations, because that, to me, suggests it's about um, the act of phoning or the act of being on the radio rather than contributing yep. to a show that you feel particularly touched by. Do you know what I mean? Partly that, but also... Why would anyone be interested in in anyone else's view about, for example, Brexit? Yeah. Um, and, but, and in that respect, phoning shows are pointless. But that's not the sort of show we do. No, 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 no. But uh, no, but um, the majority of phoning shows are pointless. Yeah. I mean, houses, I, I think houses, houses is silly and is, is is pointless. It brings some people a laugh, and that's fine, and that's great. So you could argue there's a point in that, but in the great scheme of things, you don't change nothing. But ours isn't dressed up as anything other than entertainment. Yes, it's a it's a factual entertainment show, guys. Um, good evening, Louise. Hello, guys. Hello, Louise. I'm just phoning in to see if anyone's got a sofa. Ah, yet. spooky Lou. <laughs> the, the dirty witch. <laughs> the love witch. The wicked witch of the north. The shaven haven. I'm slightly upset, Louise. Oh, flipping it. I'm slightly upset, Louise, because I was hoping for a bit of huskiness at least by now, and I don't think I've got any yet. But Eamon Holmes ain't back at work. Yeah, what have you done to Eamon well, Holmes? Well, what I've seen, and apparently it looks like it got misdirected in the talk yeah. radio yeah. studio. It looks like it's bounced like. off the so window. what we need to do... Because I think what it were, guys, is yeah. if you're going to ask someone, you've got to feel that and hate it. And yeah. I don't hate you guys. I love you. I respect you. I love watching your show. So obviously, if, if you're not behind okay. that... Well, listen, here's, here's, what out, we, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do, because Richard Madeley is filling in for him. Now, I've got a lot of time for oh, Richard God, Madeley. No, 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 no. No, don't, because I've got a lot of time for Richard is Madeley. as well? Uh, but I, think, I think Richard Madeley is brilliant, right? I genuinely, I think he's brilliant. But he's got a fatwa okay. out on me. He, he does not like me. He's okay? got a what? He doesn't like you. He doesn't okay. like me. Right? Yeah. He doesn't like me. So, yeah. but, so uh, today I had to hide in my car until I was confident that he'd left the building, OK? So we need to get Eamon Holmes back. Back. Can right. you... Put, um, I've got healing spells. I will work on Eamon. No, no, we don't want to send him to West London. Can you do a healing spell <laughs> for Eamon? That's what I said. I've got uh, healing spells. Ele- oh, healing, healing. You mean healing? You've just common. It's yes. Northern accent. No, of course it is. Of course don't it is. Don't you dare apologise for that. It's a class thing. I do apologise. Um, okay, well, let's give Eamon one of them healing spells. Hey. Healing spell. I will give him an healing spell. Go on then. Is it I'll just? Is smoke. it just you going, Eamon? You're better now. I'll concentrate a bit, like I did. Have you ever seen that kids' programme, The Worst Witch? Yes. No. That's me, that is. What, you're Mildred Hubble? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that explains a lot. It does. Um, yeah, but I keep getting at it in, on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Oh, you've done Eamon, you've done Eamon. I'm no. like, I didn't, it weren't me. You, you, me. D- you did Not do me. Eamon, it's got to be said. 
Well, it might have got a bit, bit misdirected in the building. It might have just gone to who it needed to go to at the time. OK. Yeah. We'll make Eamon better so he can come back tomorrow, please. I will do, then. All right. Okay. Cheers, Louise. Ta-ta. Thank you for making me your pin tweet and retweeting me. There you go. Well, you're, you're famous now. It's had like something like I si- am? 16... I know, like... No, it was about 17,500 views last time I looked. I'm not telling my kids that I'm on it. They'd be like, Mum, what are you doing? I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, it's... So it's like... It's been like it was on Twitter. I'm, I'm going to cut you off now, Louise. OK. There we go. Um, good evening, Pablo. Hip-hop, hip. Hip-hop, hip. How do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I've got a very uh, serious um, topic approach um, an experience that I had today. Oh. It's uh, quite uh, traumatic. OK. Um, I found a fully untouched cake on the floor, just on the street. Oh, no, come on. In a box? No, no, it was just... Um, there may have been a tray underneath it, but I couldn't quite tell. I didn't, I didn't get that close, to be honest. But uh, I did take some photos. I've got, I've got uh, evidence. Of a cake. Um, did you yeah, eat- just like a full cake, just on the on the street. Did you eat it? I was tempted, but I was working at the time, so I, I couldn't. Uh, so I had to. Uh, it feels had, like uh, a you know feels like a trap to me. Like if you'd have gone near it, yeah. boom, a cage. Yeah. Well, I said just just a general hobo trap for uh, just yes. general people who would uh, be happy to eat food off the floor. Okay. Um, I was tempted because I would say technically it was untouched. It only seemed to be impact trauma from like. A, a drop in from a, a small height. Right, okay. you could take the top off that. Where's, where's, where, I don't understand where, where this is going. It's not going anywhere. Is it that just, it? Oh, well, it was just you talking about serious people calling about serious things and the like. Oh, and I, uh, I was, okay. you know, I, I you, you, were, you were acting the goat. He was acting the goat. Being the giddy goat. Acting the goat. What, a... what am I like? Yeah. Um, oh, and also on a, on a yeah, factual basis, um, I heard the other day in regards to jigsaws, the Queen's a big fan. Yeah. Um, and apparently she, but she doesn't pay for them. She gets all the jigsaws from a, a jigsaw library. Um, apparently that's the thing. There's a jigsaw library. Right. I don't understand. Is he is he making is he making jokes? No. no, no this, this the Queen bit. gets her jigsaws from a jigsaw library. Yes. I heard it's on a, uh, a factual-based programme with, uh, um, was it, um, No Such Thing as a Fish. It's okay. specifically uh, all fact-based. OK, thank you. Um, Kasifa's texted in, I, I call the radio so much because I love debating. I really have a passion for it. That's interesting. OK, that's interesting. Thank you, Kasifa. And you're very welcome to call in. Um, uh, but I hope you uh, appreciate that um, we take things in a slightly different direction. Um, let's end on this old fool. Hello, uh, Andre. Who's that? <laughs> I am. Have, yeah. Have a little listen, if you like this. OK, where you go, man? She unscrews the top of a new whiskey bottle And shuffles around in a candlelit hobble Like some kind of witch with blue fingers in mittens she smells like the cat and the neighbours she sickens. Black and white TV has long seen a picture. The cross on the wall is a permanent fixture. The postman delivers the final reminders. She sells off a silver and poodles in China. Things to remember, I'm me and myself. 
up the clock and knocked us from the shelf. Home is a love that I miss very much. The past has been bottled and labeled with love. During the wartime, an American pilot made every air raid in times of excitement. She moved to his prairie and married the Texan. Learned from a distance that it was a lesson. He became drinker and she became mother. She knew that one day she'll be one or the other. Is himself older, himself busy, proud of her features, she kept herself pretty. Drinks to remember I'm me and myself, and winds up the clock and knocks us from the shelf. Home is a love that I miss very much. So the past has been bottled and labeled with love.